1: In three, two, one.
4: He takes being cooked to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. Do the
5: best you can for your child and you look around for supports, and there's nothing there.
4: Just get up and do our best today and that's all you can do. Can we just
1: talk?
2: Call 0818 Text or WhatsApp 083
1: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
1: On Cork's 96FM.
3: What's that Winter Olympic sport? I can never remember the name of it, but it's the one where they sit on what's effectively a tea tray and slide down the side of the mountain, clinging on for dear life. Is that the Luge? I know we have someone in the luge for, for the Irish, but is that the one where you sit on something about the size of a laptop? You know those ones? Yeah, I love that I love that one. I could watch, I could watch it through your fingers going, they're gonna get killed! It's brilliant though. Oh speaking of sport, what a weekend! What a weekend! The the under-20s hockey Wales on Friday night and then the lads had a great afternoon. On Saturday and then Leona Maguire. What an achievement. Brilliant to watch that. So much else going on. So or oh, Rachel, Rachel, um the race horse. The jockey, yeah, you know. What a weekend it was. Just a busy, busy weekend for sport. Rachel is the one. That's exactly it. Okay, where are we going? Oh yeah, I have money to give you this week. I have vouchers. I have vouchers every single day this week. 350 yo-yos worth of one for all vouchers not to, not just once today. every single day this week I have a 350 euro one for all voucher to give you in association with our friends at Bordgosh Gosh Energy and I'll tell you more about that a little bit later but first I want to go to con artists con artists using a sob story about a lost kitten to get inside your house and rob your jewellery and rob your money. And it's usually old people that they're targeting, I think. Sarah Horgan's reporter with The Echo writing about this today. Sarah, good morning to you.
5: Hi, PJ. How are you?
3: Good. This I, I've, I've heard about this before, but these two have been doing it around the country, we think.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And firstly, I'd like to start with commenting um. Cork City's Garda Crime Prevention Officer, Sergeant Brian McSweeney, he's doing in this area um, in the background, so we're in very good hands it seems. Um, but yeah, they've been operating all around the country, and it's, um, they've made their way up to Cork recently. Right.
3: Sarah, could you get a bit, get a bit closer a few, to your phone? few there areas they have would. been in
5: length. Yeah, can you hear me now? That's
3: better, yeah. Okay, great.
5: Yeah, sorry about that. So they've they've made their way up to Cork. They've been in glengarriff Bantry, and fermoy and more recently, Mayfield. So quite close to home now. So what they do is they there's a woman call calls to the door. She tells the home the homeowner that a cat has jumped over the wall. So the homeowner just assumes that they live in the area and. They go out to find the cat and all the while her partner in crime is going up the stairs and sniffing around for jewellery and cash and whatever is there. Oh
3: God, okay. Okay, so the, basically my, my, my cat's run over your wall, I can't get her out, she's only a kitten, any yes. chance i come out the back. They go out the back, distract the homeowner and the partner runs upstairs and rifles the bedroom.
5: That's it. That's it. And when there's a, a, you're as 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 I as I heard, it, it's much easier to trust a woman. And that's not even a sexist thing. It's just that this this woman she doesn't appear intimidating. She's more relatable, very chatty and friendly. As we mm. know, these people can be very charismatic. Mm. So. That This really sophisticated distraction is taking place and sometimes the person might not realize till the next day what's actually happened when there's jewelry and money missing. I spoke to a person a couple of months ago who was telling me that um, a relative of theirs didn't realize that they were being conned. This is um, uh, an unrelated crime, but they, she said that the mother didn't realise that she was being conned until maybe a few days later. I think it was, and she was telling she she was telling her daughter about this money that she had to pay out for something. So that's why it's really important to keep an eye on our relatives and neighbours.
3: And is it mostly older people they seem to target, Sarah?
5: I've been told that it's older or vulnerable people. Mm. So when the woman calls to the door and the man is sitting in the vehicle, waiting outside. Even if there's nothing taken, they might be kind of checking, checking to see what what's happening, getting to know the ropes, all that. And from it, from people I've spoken to to before, I've realised that even if nothing is taken, it's still. A really, really harmful and scarring experience. Yes, yes. Just the mm-hmm. thought of having somebody that that somebody has been in your home and mm-hmm. and violated your home. I, I remember speaking to Sally Hanlon from Support After Crime Services mm-hmm. before, and she she was opening up about burglaries, and she told me that for years afterwards, people feel like they're living in the living in a crime scene yeah. because something like that can really shake you and it can knock your confidence i feel
3: it's an invasion of your space and the understanding is they've been spotted around mayfield yeah
5: yeah yeah that's the latest one now the story um, th- there has been stories about a lost kitten but it's important to remember that tomorrow this could be a different story it could be uh, it could be a lost dog i've i've been told I I was told about a distraction burglary that took place before Christmas where uh, a guy was dressed up as a construction worker and said he had to do work in the house and again that person didn't realize till the next day that they had been conned Mm so it's it's its it's important that we're all um aware of this and that that we do look out for the more vulnerable members of our community
3: the message is sarah, don't let anybody over your threshold unless you know exactly who they are
5: yeah, and there's um on guardda China they've come up with a very good idea actually um so it's now possible to get bogus caller cards, I think that's the name of them so uh, they've they've in them for the caller to leave their details and they're basically little cards the size of your credit card and they have the Garda badge on them the image of that and people throw them at the letterbox and genuine, genuine callers will always leave their details on these cards and we can do our background checks and everything else because I know I've got cards from people before that I knew weren't legit, and you ring the number, and it's um it's an engaged to Um, the the number doesn't even exist, so it's it's good to do a background check. So it's it, it cuts out the middleman, doesn't it? When you're just yeah throwing the card out the door, and um if if they want to, if if they're if if they're really legit, then they'll come back.
3: It's true. Sarah, thank you for that and good work by the guards, in Narrowing it down, let's this, 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 use a story, a sub-story. It could be a strayed kitten today, it could be a puppy tomorrow, it could be uh, anything that's happened. I've been saying this for years and I buy nothing at the door. I let nobody in my door that I don't know. I don't even speak to people that arrive at my front door looking to do anything like sell a line or can I have two minutes i time? Sorry, you can't. I don't. I don't. Uh, if me mother turned up on the f- front door selling lines for a draw, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's just don't do anything at the front. Let no one pass your front door unless you know exactly who they are. 0818 96 96 96. There's another scam going around at the moment. I meant to mention this on Friday. One or two people in here seem to have been caught for something like 10 or 12 quid, which is small, but apparently it can build up. There is a PayPal scam going around at the moment. You might have gotten it. You might have come across it. You get an email that purports to come from PayPal that says that some transaction you recently carried out there was insufficient funds for it and they need to take the money and it might be 5 euro or 10 euro or 2 euro or 4 euro and some people have been caught for 10 or 12 quid now it's only a small amount of money but if they're doing it I mean PayPal's a global organisation so if people are doing it purporting to be PayPal they'll make a lot of money so watch out for that one just watch out for that one Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right. We have three hundred and fifty Euros one for all voucher to give away every day this week with thanks to our friends at Board Gosh Energy. In a sometime before ten o'clock, I'll give you a newspaper story and I want you to write me a headline. And the best headline, give me a laugh out of this, the best headline will win the voucher every day. With Bordgosh Energy. Imagine a better way. Remind you, the Bordgosh Energy team of professional service engineers have 19 separate checks that they use to check that your boiler is running safely and efficiently. And they have appointments in Cork right now. You can go to boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash services. And we have that voucher to give away every day this week. I'll give you the headline that we want you to rewrite, give you the story before 10 o'clock.
4: We just
3: talk. The opinion line on
2: Corks 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for
1: motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
3: Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause.
1: And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light
2: shine
3: the Corks 96 FM Giving for Living Radio
1: returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And
2: I'll be there!
1: And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary.
2: Include us in your diary. I'll be
1: there, there. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want. I'll be there. The Giving for Living Radiothon supporting Cork Cancer Services, May twenty six
3: to twenty eight only on Cork ninety six FM. Quick one in on the opinion line Monday morning. First thing, Kevin, price of petrol. Good morning.
6: Morning, PJ. How are you keeping, mate? Good, uh, good. I was coming into work this morning and I draw. We've come past the petrol pumps in the market and I looked up and one seventy eight a litre for petrol, right? Oh. This time, 12 months ago, I remember it sticking out in like a sore thumb to 138. Yeah. Because I, I looked at it and I thought, geez. Because we, we had a conversation about it when we first came over to England, or from England to Ireland, the price of petrol and all that. And it was about the 10 year, t- the 10 year gap. I was like, it's gone kind of up about 40 cents in the last 10 years. Christ, that's an awful lot. Mm. And it's jumped 50 cents in 12 months. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're living up around here, you have no choice but to drive. There, there is no other option. There's one bus that goes to Cork twice a day. That's it. Mm. So public public transport is just non-existent. So everyone up here has to drive and it's every household will have at least two cars because you'll have both couples working, you'll have school runs and what have you. Yeah. And, and you know yourself, Kevin,
3: there's a book of that at least, a full book, goes to oh, the yeah. government.
6: Guaranteed. And the wor- the thing is, right, the French had the right idea when they turn around, because they know what the French population are like with the cost of fuel and everything else. The French will guarantee turn to the streets. And they put a windfall tax on the fuel companies because they're creaming us, And that money is going to go straight back to the people who, are go- who need it. Now, I was listening to news this morning, and apparently anyone who's on a fixed income is not going to get any kind of a rise at all. There's going to be no mini-budget. So your cost of living is going to go through the roof because the knock-on from fuel prices going up everything else goes up around us without fail wages are, aren't going to go up because companies are paying out extortionate amounts for products to sell and the knock-on effect is everyone in the country is going to be poor mm. and this is a sleeping crisis that's creeping up on us and it's going to explode It's th- this is going to explode in the next three months mm. if they don't get a grip on this mm. and one-off measures of you know, have this to help with your fuel bills. That's fine. But this isn't going to go away unless they do something about the escalator with the tax that they put on fuel. And if bear in mind,
3: bear in mind the carbon tax is coming up what, again in May. And Mihal said yesterday on the radio,
6: no, we're not going to stop that. There's between to rock and a hard place for that one because they're they committed are. to doing this. But the thing is, I don't know if it's the case that production has slowed uh, or, and, or demand has increased. But no matter which way no matter what the cause of it is, we're the ones who are going to end up suffering for it. And it's out of our control. At least if they put some kind of a tax ex- escalator on fuel so that if the cost goes up, the tax, co- the tax take goes down so the price of the pump stays the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There has to be some me- mechanism that, that can be put in place to regulate the price of fuel if it means that the tax take from it goes down in relation to the cost, the wholesale price of cost of fuel going up. Because... The way things are going at the moment, even anyone going to do their weekly shopping now, you're noticing that prices are going up 40 cents an item, 50 cents an item. Yeah, yeah. we did. And, we did that a couple of weeks ago. People were
3: tell, t- telling us stuff that's gone up. You yeah. know, that's gone up subtly, 50 and, cents and 60 cents and stuff.
6: I mean, I, I've, heard, I've no doubt in my mind that the that 178 isn't unique to up around North Cork. Like. I bet no, you, it's not no, it's not. you you'll get texts from people telling you the price of their local pumps and compare it to what it was 12 months ago and 24 months ago. Mm.
3: I tell you here in the city, here in the city it's it's no different Kevin the price has yeah. just gone through the roof, the, through the absolute roof. But at least, in the the city
6: you, at least in the city you have some kind of an option. Do you know, you do have a public transport system you that do.
3: you can turn. You're right. You're dead you know, right.
6: Whereas or if you're, you're out be. out here you've nothing left.
3: That's true. All right, listen, Kev, thanks very much. Drive safely mate. That's uh, Kevin in North Cork 178. For petrol in Newmarket, uh, there is a garage in Douglas. I think is it Douglas? yes Douglas. My local one of my local garages is around one seventy six, one seventy seven, uh, and it's varying diesel. You'll get diesel for maybe one sixty three, one sixty four in some places. Petrol, and then they have these, you know, these kind of slightly high grade petrol. There's one of those, this kind of more miles type petrol. You know what it is? That's like one eighty two. For a liter of petrol. It's, it's completely bonkers. 0818969696. 96 96. At St. Angela's College, there was a campaign by the Transition Year Student Council. And as a result of that campaign, sanitary products are being provided free in all of the student and staff bathrooms. And this is a big breakthrough at St. Angeles. And that group of students now want all schools and workplaces to do the same thing and have the same positive outcome, the same positive impact. And just to see how it works at St. Angeles, our news reporter Maureen Tuig went to check it out.
5: I suppose just for all of us being on the council, we realised that like it's kind of our duty to like step up and try to initiate change in the school. So we have six dispensers around the school in different locations, um, on different floors and stuff like that. And then we have pads and two different sizes of tampons supplied in each of them. And they're always being checked and stocked up.
0: Phoebe Toomey is a member of the TY Student Council here at St. Angela's College on Patricks Hill. They've partnered with Cork Brand Riley, as Emma Hyland and Rebecca Foley have been telling us.
5: We first noticed Riley when we saw them work with MTU and UCC on the same initiative, and we really took influence from that. And we also recognised Riley for being a really sustainable brand, which really fits into our school ethos as we're trying to get our second green flag this year. So we really thought it was a good quality for them to be working with. One of the main reasons we chose Riley is because sustainability is one of their core values. They all their products are 100% organic cotton, and they're made with re- renewable sugar cane. And their pads are leak-proof and compostable, which is toxin-free and chemical-free,
0: which is ultimately better for women's bodies. Rebecca says they were so grateful to get advice from MTU.
5: We were on a Zoom with um, their heads of their Code Red project, and we asked them questions about Riley before we actually got products from Riley and what worked for them, what didn't work. And it was really positive feedback from Riley, and they gave us really good ideas and advice that we took, and we really were grateful for the Zoom.
0: The group took on the initiative of developing a previous project... Based on breaking down the stigmas around periods and period poverty here's abia kankule
7: There was definitely people that had so many different stories about when they had to maybe leave class and go to the office task for products and they felt really like embarrassed and awkward and it was situations that you know girls don't want to be in and that this project we want to save people from being in those situations. Even introducing the project we've talked about periods with our principal and you know we've talked about it with so many teachers in the school it's become so normal so even just doing it and having the products in the school has made us all feel so much better. More comfortable talking about periods.
0: Libby Ryan says there's been great input from
8: students. So like us in the Student Council are really just kind of a voice for the students so I think seeing the suggestion cards and seeing how much support there was for this idea was um, really inspiring for us so we kind of thought like now it's our responsibility to carry this out you know this is what the students want this was the reason we're elected like this can be
0: our purpose for the next year. Emma Cannon-Lynch says the initiative is here to stay.
9: We really wanted to get the student body involved in the advertising, so we um, did a logo competition and we chose Martha Garcia in fifth year. Her logo really embodied what we wanted to show as a brand. And it really just captured everything that we wanted to show to the our school. We created posters to go next to the dispensers to really just show the student body that like, this is here to stay and they need to follow these certain rules because we've worked really hard to make this happen. And we also have a poster talking about Riley, so the student body are informed on what they're using, what the products are made out of and like, what they're actually putting
0: into their bodies. Amy Barry says they want other schools to experience the positive impact.
10: 100% and I think that we've all seen the positive feedback and the effect that it's had on the students and we really just want other schools to experience that and we recognise that we're in a really like privileged position to be able to put this in and we definitely want to influence other schools who are in a position to introduce this with their own um, funds but also we think that from a government level there should be grants um, allocated to DESH schools and schools in underprivileged areas. And um, we think that we don't want just a pat on the back and a well done. We want to actually take this further and try to influence other schools to do the same. Marie toegas
0: St Angela's College.
3: There you go. Thanks, Marie. Uh, really groundbreaking project there at St Angela's, and they want other schools around the country to to take it up and and make it happen. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Maria was on. She said, "Remember the announcement in the budget about the extension of free GP care." for under sevens. I just rang the HSE and it hasn't come into effect yet. My son will be seven in June, so by the time it's approved, she won't qualify. The speed of the government is amazing. Yep. On the price of fuel, thanks Kieran. Kieran tweeted to say, he broke it down, of every litre of fuel that you put into your car, be it petrol or diesel, Kevin up there in North Cork paying 178 a litre. They're 176, 177, 178, 179, 174, 180 in some places. Do you know how much? Kieran's done the calculation. Do you know how much the government puts in its pocket from every litre of petrol or diesel you put into your car? I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Jerry says, PJ, I drive a truck and a fill is costing 230 euro more since. November well wow. 0818 96 96 96 right Borgash Energy have given us 350 euro every day to give you in the form of a one for all voucher and we're going to have some fun with the newspapers do it next
4: can we just talk
3: the opinion Line on Corks 96FM. With
1: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C-M-I-G dot
2: Corks 96FM has a shiny new phone number. 0818
1: 96, 96,
2: 96. Save it to your phone now.
1: 0818 96 96 96.
2: The number you need Hello?
3: Hello? for Cork's 96 FM. 98 cents. Thanks, Kieran. He's put all the various bits and pieces together. 98 cents is what the government takes off every litre of fuel that you put into the car. 98 cents from every single litre. And it's gone up to 178, 176, 177. And this time last year, it was maybe 130, 140. 98 cents they take of every litre. Right, with Borgash Energy this week, €350, Euro one for all voucher to give away every day. I'm going to take a story from the newspapers, and I want you to have some fun with it. Now, the story themselves will be the strange little stories that crop up on page three or four, like and I saw a video of this last week and I watched it, I just said, they will make a sport out of anything now, there is now believe it or not my friends (laughs) and it is starting it's starting in America, where else professional pillow fighting no I kid you not, the videos are out there, look them up professional pillow fighting, where two people basically, get into a boxing ring or a UFC octagon, or whatever it is, and they batter the life with pillows. Pillows. Like you did in the bedroom when you were a child. Professional pillow fighting. And the winner of the professional pillow fighting bout gets five grand. It's starting small. It's starting small. But can you just imagine where it might go? Uh, Yes, it is. And it is being... Endorsed by MMA fighters who love it. My mixed martial arts veteran, Marcus Perez. And the first person who who fought Conor McGregor in UFC, Marcus Brimage. They're both now professional pillow fighters. Wow. Wow. The pillows are two pounds in weight. Stuffed with foam and encased in sailcloth. Super fit grown men and women. Pillow fighting. Professional pillow fighting. Give me a headline for that story. The sun has featherweight champs pillow fights to go pro. Can you beat that? Professional pillow fighting. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696 96 96 96 with your suggestion. 83 396 96, 96 Give me a bit of a laugh now and the best headline we get today will win the €350 Euro one for all voucher from Board Gosh Energy. Imagine a better way. Professional pillow fighting is a thing. Five grand for the win. Give us a laugh. 818 96, 96, 96. On inflation and prices and fuel, John and Cove says that caller said everybody in the country will be poor, that was Kevin, because the wages won't go up with the inflation and fuel crisis. He's wrong. Not everyone will be poor. Ministers, TDs, senior civil servants and bankers will all get cost of living increases. On scams, caller says I was expecting a parcel but was out. I got a text from on Pust saying the courier tried to affect delivery but was unsuccessful and if we wanted a re-delivery, there'd be a 125 charge. It asked for credit card details. I was keen to get the parcel and the site had all the logos and looked very official, so I went on the de- sent on the details. When I got home, I had doubts and I went to unpust.ie and they said they never charge for re-delivery. I cancelled the credit card and lucky enough, I got away with it. Just saying it is a very professional scam. They're all over. There are so many scams. You, you could do a whole morning of the various different kinds of scams that are out there. 0818 96 96 96. Your headline for professional pillow fighting. Five member, five grand to win the contest. Professional pillow fighting in a boxing ring or a MMA octagon or whatever you have yourself. Your headline, please, for that story. Oh eight one eight or oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. Put your name with it as well, and voucher for Bord Gosh, or the one for all voucher from Bord Gosh Energy, could be yours at five to twelve. Now, one of the most beautiful places, not just in Cork, not just in Ireland, but in the whole world, is the la- the lake down at Guganbara. When the sun hits that at a certain angle, it is just perfection. And just beyond it, on the mountains. Someone's come up with a plan for a wind farm. Neil Lucy is the owner of Gugan Barra Hotel. Neil, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Now we're, we're we're being told that sustainable energy is the way forward, and that wind farm-generated energy is is highly sustainable, and we've plenty of it. But is you not overlooking Gugan Barra?
4: Yes, um, sustainable energy is is the way to go, and it, it is it is our future, but it's kind of what 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 we're actually doing is we're just making an awareness of what is actually going on out here and um, to us um sustainable energy yes time and place and maybe and maybe maybe even a better plan to for, for the future is is the important thing and um, our, our 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 output this weekend is is a case of of awareness like this is happening this is planned this is uh planning has is, is, is gone through and it is a case of like speak now or forever hold our peace. But we don't want people coming out here from uh, in the next couple of years and say, oh my God, where did these things come from? Or, why, why did you never tell us if such and such a thing is happening? Mm. So that, that 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 is that is our, that is what we're at.
3: Now I was on holidays in the north last year and driving around, they are everywhere, the, and, they're everywhere, and they're everywhere. Now put them in the right place, they're actually quite nice. But says you not, you don't want to be people having their breakfast in your dining room, looking across the lake and looking up at wind farm. So you're saying, I, 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 look, I'm sure the developers have done all their due diligence and they've got their permission and they've went through the proper process and all of that. You're just saying, why there? Why right there? Well,
4: w- w- co- couple of, just a couple, couple of pointers on that in, 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 in this awareness program as well. Um, when you think of Google or even when you think of Clint DeLock, you actually think of of of... The, the little church on the lake. You think of the lake. You think of the forest park. You think of the mountainside. You think of Guganberra as being an expression for, for for the whole area. But it's on its entrance Guganberra on the southern slopes is where is where these these wind turbines are, are, are going to go. Um, it is planned as in is in the next home lands as such. To give you an idea, just to give give you an idea of of, of, of what's going on these are, these wind uh, turbines are 175 to 178 metres to their wind tips. Um, in comparison, the Elysian is 68 metres. Mm. So they're two and a half times the size of the Elysian. Now, the Elysian is, is quite a decent building in the middle of the city, mm. but if you put that up on elevated ground like 300 metres over sea level or even the Cork Airport site, it is, it is going to be very, very, very large in your landscape. Now, cleverly, it is cleverly done in, in planning and I, I do appreciate him for that is that when you're standing at the door of the church or, or, or even at the window of the hotel you are not going to see these Okay. Okay which is good which is good I, I do appreciate that but what you are going to do is they're on the other side of the valley 3 kilometres away you have the gross one wind farm in County Kerry and we hear that regular but if you have... You hear it? We hear it, wind turbines have, have, have a large large amount of noise especially in the upper wind um, so uh, you, sometimes it's, it's, you won't even hear birds singing with, with with these things being so loud, This this drum going on okay. all the time. So this is this is also there. But when you when you're driving, we'd say from Ballangiri, heading towards Gugambar or even coming in along by the Lee, the Upper Lee Valley, um, all of a sudden these gadgets are going to be like some of them are going to be over, over fi, with five. Their tips are going to be over five hundred meters over sea level in in, in our landscape in what we consider as being our le- scenic landscape. Mm. Um, so it will be on your entrance, it will be in around the valley, you will see them on, on, on some of the walks in the forest park, you will see them on the far side of the lake, but you in particularly where that church is and where, where we're located, you won't see them, but you are going to hear them.
3: Okay, all right. Neil, thanks very much. Just, as you said, spreading some awareness of this plan on board Planola Plano- Plano- has given permission. It's a €30 million euro development, windfire project project, on the southern slopes of Guganbara, when or where, or when it's likely to happen, I don't know. But the permission has been granted. I remember being on holidays and we you, driving across the, if you like, the glens of Antrim. There's a few of them up on the mountains, and the one in particular, the sheer sight. If we get out of the car, you can get quite close to them. I can't remember the name for now, but you can get quite close to them. And we, I got out of the car. I went, they, lads, you've n- until you stand next to these things, the size of them, they are enormous. They just, you can't describe it in ordinary words just how big these things are. Uh, and look, we have to have sustainable energy and wind energy is something we could make an awful lot of in this country. But then, you kind of say, do you put that on the side of the mountain near Gurganbara or what do you do with it? Oh eight one eight, new thoughts, oh, 0818... 96, 96, 96. Thanks, Neil. Uh, Amy, good morning to you.
8: Morning, how are you?
3: Good. Now, since 2019, Jodie has had 18 surgeries. The poor kid.
8: Yeah, that's only spinal. That's just spinal outside of any other surgery she's had. Crikey. In total, she's had 56.
3: Tell me about her.
8: Oh, she's a gem. She's very funny, but... Like, life gets in the way, or condition gets in her way, you know, Mm. waiting lists, things that happen to her, they all get in the way. As much as you want your your child to be normal, Mm. you have to wait for these things when they get sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not fair, but what can you do? Do You know, we just do what we can.
3: What does she need right now, for example?
8: Right now, we're a year and a half in waiting for a neurologist to see her. We're three years waiting for a standard eye test, which has to be done through the hospital because she needs drops and everything else put in because of her brain condition. We can't just go to Specsavers. Um, we've been three years for the eye test. Urology, which is kidney and bladder, two years at least. Yeah. And they're just all standards, very standard to do with kids with spina bifida. You know, yeah. they're not now the ordinary.
3: Tell me a little bit, of, tell listeners who wouldn't know a little bit about spina bifida. It, it, it the, the name gives the impression it's a spinal problem entirely, but it affects many, many parts of the body, doesn't it?
8: Oh, absolutely. Like, do you know, like people like myself, when I had Jodie, I didn't, understand, I didn't know what spina bifida was. Mm. I She was born and I didn't know that she was a sick baby when I was pregnant. So I was told your baby will not walk, she will not talk. She will be blind and she will be deaf. Basically, she will do nothing for herself. Hey. Now, I have to say, she she cannot walk. She will never, ever walk in her whole life. But she can see, she can speak, she can feed herself. She is tube-fed for some things because she has sensory issues. Hey. But spina bifida affects your brain, your kidneys, your bladder, your heart, your spine. It affects everything. Like a lot of, a lot of kids, scoliosis, they have hydrocephalus. It's fluid around the brain. It causes brain damage. Depends on what, how much fluid there is. You know, you can get very sick from it. Like, I mean, yeah. Jodie nearly died from sepsis in her brain that got into her shunt, which is put in her brain to help her drain the fluid. You yeah. know, no, we th- put yes. these things into our children yeah. to help.
3: She she has a, a shunt. Explain what a shunt
8: is. A shunt is inserted into their brain, um, and it's fed through the inside your body down to your tummy, and um, to drain the excess fluids that gathers around people's brains that have hydrocephalus. Very good, but very dangerous. Yeah. But it has to be in there.
3: Yeah. And can it get infected and stuff,
8: yeah? Oh, absolutely. Like she's got, she had meningitis when she was 13 months. She ended up with sepsis in it when she was about five. She was actually in hospital for six months because we could not get rid of the sepsis. We went from Cork and we ended up in Temple Street. And I mean I couldn't even tell you how many shunts she had put in and out that time because they just could not get rid of it. Yeah. And it's and it's very dangerous.
3: And the surgeries on her back, like you say since twenty nineteen, and bearing in mind that's been through two years of a pandemic as well, what has she had to have done on her back in the last couple of years?
8: She has scoliosis, so it got worse um kind of 2018-ish. And Like that, they said, oh, we'll operate soon. So it was 2019. She got her rods put in, spinal rods, which is the first step in some kids' um, scoliosis treatment. It's two rods either side of your spine inserted in um, to straighten up your spine, and then they're lengthened every couple of months by a magnet. Jodie had the magic rods, they're called. So then when the kids grow, which happens, Jodie hit puberty, she grew too fast. She had to get her spine fused. And we had to wait 12 months for that as well. Does
3: like she, the rods does weren't she, even does working. she have pain,
8: Amy? Well, at the moment, she is 11 months post op and she still has some bit of an open wound on her spine because her skin broke open.
3: Oh my God. Coming in
8: Cumberland last year. Now she is good. Now, thank God she is very good right now, but we're still in the middle of like trying to get it to heal. It's like kids with spina bifida have no healing at all, especially in areas like that, around their back, down their legs, their skin. They have no circulation. It doesn't heal well.
3: Mm. So she probably so, like, needs a skin graft, does she?
8: Well, at the moment, no, we're hoping not, because like, a skin graft probably would not take to her skin because her circulation is so bad. Oh, so we're hoping that it will just heal itself, but it's, it's going to take another six months of dress dressings and little pumps and things like that but it just takes that long Which kids with spina bifida because their healing is, it's not normal. Like, you know, it's terrible, Poor but thing. it just takes longer than normal.
3: And she needs a cardiologist?
8: Yeah, well, she's under one since she's born. born. Um, haven't seen them in a while. You know, she's been good. Touchwood, Really, really been good. But like, as she gets older, some things just happen. She's going blue around her mouth and her eyes, which happened before. She said, no problem, ring, we'll send you an appointment. I rang and, oh, yeah, you have to ring another doctor to get a referral for this doctor because you haven't seen him in a couple of years. I was like, help me out here now. Like, you have to do everything yourself, basically. The health service is not going to help you.
3: So you rang for an appointment, What your child is turning blue. You ring for an appointment yeah. and they tell you you need to get a referral for this appointment. Yeah.
8: What, mind you, from a doctor in the same hospital. You know, it's not from Cork to Dublin, or, same hospital. But like that, that will tell you like how comp, like how people make things complicated. You know, like some people that have normal children, like not kids like our kids. They've said, oh, they're disappointment, no, they're flying in disappointment. This- they don't understand. We're actually been on the phone for six months, trying to get disappointment, yes. fighting with people. You know, like doesn't come easy. But people are like, oh, should they get that now? And they're not waiting that long for that? No, they're not. Mm. You know, we fight for these things.
3: You you come and I mean under- that's
8: on top of mm. that's on top of having a sick child to look for after, mm. and a lot of people are twenty four seven like myself.
3: You you come under this new progressing disability services umbrella. Uh, I, I've yet to hear anybody singing their praises. What's your experience?
8: Oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> we have because Jodie attends a um, special needs school. We stayed under Enable Ireland, which was okay. No, don't wrong. I won't wrong them. Jodie got her new wheelchair. There was a bit of a wait. She needed it. We were waiting six months for it, but she got it. And the girls were fantastic. Any you other know, service? No, nothing. Um, The wait. I mean, I know people with kids with different disabilities to Jodie. They have nothing. And I mean, they might have kids that like need urgent physio, speech therapy, OT. They have nothing. Their kids have regressed. And it's an absolute disgrace. Like it's very unfair. These are only children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the, the help is meant. That's meant to be the help for these children, and they're not getting nothing. Like some kids have forgot to talk again. You know, some kids have their physio. Their physio has been caught death. Their limbs have been damaged. You know, it's it's very unfair. Mm-hmm. But there's it's just I don't know why they done it. I just think it was ridiculous. Let me be honest.
3: How are you? Who looks after Mammy?
8: Well, myself. Well, my parents. My parents are fantastic. Mm. My friends, they're brilliant. My family. I have, like, we of a very close family. So, no, we're, um, we're grand. So, like, Jodie's 13 now. Like, she has the attitude of a 13 so she will tell you what's on it.
3: Okay.
8: And she will tell you if she needs something, you know. So it's good in that way she can talk, but then other ways you're kind of going... I wish some days she'd just be quiet, you know, because she never shuts up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that, that's kind of part of being 13, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
8: you know, so. Yeah,
3: yeah, but yeah. I mean, do you get, I mean, clearly there's 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 24-hour, or a part, almost 24-hour care involved here. Like, do, do you do you ever get a break? When was the last night you got, when was the last time you got a bit of a pampering in a night away kind of thing, or can you?
8: Oh, I couldn't go, like, right as it stands right now, I couldn't go away for a night out, uh, like, a night away. I can go out for a few hours, my parents will mind her, mm. but I'll have to come home again.
3: How come is But, that, like, I couldn't go away. Uh-huh. No, is is there Are there things that need to be done that only you can do, kind of thing?
8: Yeah, okay. like, I need to do meds and things like that, and my mom and dad are in their 60s, it's not fair, and I wouldn't land it on them, you know. Sure. sure. They've, they've raised their kids you now they love her to bits but a lot of this is medical stuff and they're there for the fun stuff not this stuff yeah you know so it's, and she's like she's not a small child either like you know so she's very hard to manoeuvre her and she can't move herself like she can't even sit up by herself yeah. she can't dress herself you know small things like that people would kind of say oh is she lovely knowing her clothes yeah because I spent I took 20 minutes to put on that pants yeah because she can't move her legs you know yeah. People don't see the behind the scenes with it at all. No. No. And that's the scary part. Like people are very naive and like I'm not shy about telling people. I don't care. Like, I'm just gonna say it look oh no, like she doesn't look or she looks well or whatever, but I was oh no, she's not well at all. Yeah. Don't presume. Ask. Mm-hmm. But don't be rude. You know, that's the thing. Some people can be rude.
3: Do you worry about the future, Amy? I mean she's thirteen now and you know, you're you're there for her.
8: All, all all, the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just me and Jodie. She's my daughter. She's my mm-hmm. best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, these, like, these conditions, these are serious conditions and these are dangerous conditions that, my, like, my daughter has. Like, a lot of spina bifida children. Mm-hmm. So, like, every time she gets sick, you wonder. You know, you always have that little thing in the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Is this it? Yeah. You know, it could be something small, yeah. but it could turn into something big because yeah. that's just... Mm. what happens, you know.
3: You, you must have been breaking it about COVID,
8: were you? Oh, I was in home. Yeah. We did, not I said Jodie didn't talk to me for about a week. She was like, get me out of the house. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> yes. Because she was waiting on this big spinal surgery for her fusion. So I had to be very careful. So now she's done now, 11 months. Like we're up and down to coming out the last 11 months all the time. Mm. Like where we spent nine weeks up there and then once a week till August for surgery and then up and down every couple of weeks again. Like, I've never gone to kind of six weeks. But like, I don't have a choice but to go into a hospital and people like, well, COVID, no one it I was like, I have to go and see the doctor. Mm. You know, I have to go there. You know, I have to travel up the country. I have to see these people. Yeah. You know, so...
3: Amy what can you're you do great. Like? you're great and i know she is too and you do anything one you for your child you do anything your child wants for them but but you're great and 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 good to talk to you we just want to talk to some people who are in a situation like like Amy's because i think we tend to forget about them uh, and we never should thank you very much Amy oh and best of luck to Jody 0818 96, 96, 96
4: can we just talk
3: Opinion line on Corks
2: 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor,
1: home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
2: Mm. It's coming, <laughs> and you could win Murder Moolah. Listen
1: for all the details this Thursday at twelve thirty.
2: <laughs> on Corks 96 FM lines are live and we're ready to talk
1: can we just talk? call 0818 96, 96, 96
2: text or whatsapp 083 396 96 96.
1: email opinion at 96fm.ie
2: the opinion line
3: with pj coogan
1: on cork's 96fm
3: now we're getting some good headlines in for our competition with our friends at Gosh Energy. €350 Euro one for all voucher to be won every day this week. I want you to rewrite a newspaper headline for me this morning. It's about professional pillow fighting with five brand for the winner. Your most creative efforts. Welcome at 083 396 96 96 by text or by WhatsApp. I was disappointed for uh, Patrick O'Sullivan on Friday night, but... When I was looking at the Euro song, uh, my heart was saying, Come on, Patrick, come on, Cork. But my head says, We've chosen the right song. And in fairness, she came through the voting process. Brooke Scullion, the young girl from Derry, with a song called That's Rich, which is the first song she's ever written. And she's cheeky, and it's current, and it's lively. And I think, I think it is the song that will, at very least, get us into the final which in the last couple of years is an achievement to get into the final so disappointed for Patrick and I texted him over the weekend to say as much but I think we've done we've made a good choice with young Brooke Scullion I hope to get a chance to talk to her before she goes to Italy uh, to go through a process now of course and book her in with all the publicity people we'll do that we'll get her on the show she just seems lovely and my pal uh, Kenna Sullivan who's a huge Eurovision buff uh, was at the Eurosong and he met her afterwards, and he said she's just a dote, just a pet, and absolutely great fun. So really looking forward to, to her doing well for us in Turin in May. Brooke Scullion, a song called "That's Rich." I don't have it to hand just now, but we'll we'll get to hear it at some point. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Here's an interesting idea: yoga for children with ASD, ADHD, and Down syndrome. It's Jennifer Orman's idea. Jennifer, good morning.
10: Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you?
3: Very good and delighted to have you on the show. Tell me about this. This is unusual.
10: Rightio. So um, I suppose I started the concept, PJ, about a year ago. Um, so my, I'm working as an ASD teacher in an early, early learning unit here in Cork. So um, I suppose I've always had an interest in yoga and special education. So I really wanted to combine my love of teaching and my love of yoga. So I came up with the concept of Zen with Jen, children's yoga for ASD, ADHD and additional needs. So um, about three years ago, I suppose I completed an intensive three day course um, up in Dublin with Yoga Therapy Ireland and this has given me the qualification to be able to work with kids outside of school and kids with additional needs.
3: So so what kind of benefits does it have for them?
10: Right, so I suppose I would find yoga very effective in the classroom especially with the kids that I work with so it can help regulate children, it can help with stress and anxiety, um, it really can improve sleep quality can improve digestion and um, I suppose the therapeutic practice it can help with head neck control it improves self-awareness in both the body and the mind and um, I suppose it just really it helps to um, develop you know self-regulation and calming skills for the children that I work with yeah
3: and they, they do they seem to enjoy it or do they get a, a buzz out of it
10: Oh, one hundred percent. Like I suppose I would always start my class every morning with a lot of OT exercises, and I've been incorporating my yoga with that kind of for the past year. So I would kind of I'd work with four kids in in the ASD unit, and each one of them I would incorporate into their daily routine. Really, I think it's very important, and it definitely helps to calm them and helps to regulate them, and it really does set them up for the day.
3: Now we know there are many different kinds of yoga what what particular element, element of it do you bring into your classes
10: I suppose I would bring in, um, mine would be, i bring in a lot of mindfulness and um, it'd be a lot of deep pressure. So I would kind of set my room up every morning in a lovely calm space. I would have a lovely sensory light. I'd always have soft music. I'd incorporate a lot of OT exercises, movement. I'd use a weighted blanket. Um, Again, it really depends on the needs of the child. I might use different sensory toys. What works for one child may not work for another other you know i have very active children that like to just come in and maybe pace the room and then they start to get a little bit comfortable so it's very much child led pj i would always leave leave the child lead it i would not um you know bring them to the yoga mat it's their choice and obviously it's a you know it's a lovely space in the classroom lovely setup for each individual child
3: yeah. It, it, yeah it the individuality of it is important because the, like in in a group like that everybody's even everybody's sensory needs are different.
10: Well that's it exactly you know um that's why i would use maybe the sensory lighting very soft dimmed lighting you know nice and um, therapeutic music and again, what may work for some might not work for others. Our day changes every day, not one day is the same. So, you know, I just think with with what I'm doing, I suppose at the moment, it really helps to focus and it helps the child to kind of um, cope with their emotions mm. at home and at school. So I suppose when I set up my, my um, Instagram page originally, it really was to help parents and teachers. So a lot of my followers would be, either special education teachers, primary teachers, early years education. And, you know, there's a lot of interaction through social media, as you know yourself. But um, it really, I set up the page originally, you know, just to help parents that they can do this at home. And you, you don't need a lot of equipment. I mean, I would purchase a lot of my stuff in Mr. Price. They have a lovely selection of yoga mats and, you know, different sensory toys. They're now selling the weighted blankets. So if I'm working with parents, I would encourage them They don't have to go out and spend hundreds, but you do get, you know, good quality for your money in the likes of Mr. Price and Mm. deals, things like that.
3: It's out there if you look for it. So you have a series of classes starting next week. And can people still book slots there?
10: Correct. So um, at the moment, PJ, I'm actually fully booked, but um, I am hoping to start classes on a Saturday morning as well, because I have been getting a lot of um, questions about it. Yes. So that is what I'm hoping to do, really. And, you know, because I am obviously a full time teacher and I do work as a home tutor as well. I work with um, with other kids around the Cork area so it's it's quite busy but I think this was just a venture that I really wanted to try myself mm. and again I've been working on it for the past couple of months so okay. no better time than the present looks like it's
3: working out for you so far anyway Zen with Jen is the starting yes, point correct. for your search or you're on Zen with Jen 87 on Instagram Jennifer good luck with it and I'd like nice to see that you've already booked out the classes that you have and you're going to start another one Zen with Jen yoga classes for kids on Spectrum and with ADHD and Down syndrome. And she'll tell you more if you contact her. 0818 96 96, 96. Uh, On wind turbines, talking there about the new plan for a wind farm near Guganbara. To your caller about wind farms, he doesn't want it in Guganbara. Would he rather be engulfed in flames over the next few years because of climate change? Also with regard to noise, they're quieter than traffic, construction or most other noise pollution we come in contact with. And another WhatsApp message. Uh, lots of the usual anti-wind farm nonsense there. The turbines are not noisy. We walk our dogs at the Knock Duff wind farm. There's a dozen or more turbines there, and you can't hear them unless you're standing next to them. But Anne says, I thought it was not safe for humans to be living within two miles of a wind turbine. What about our so-called protected bogs? What about landslides? In Mayo, that happened a few years ago. The EU fined Ireland, not to mention wildlife and birds, etc. There's foreign against wind farms, no matter where you want to put them. 0818 96 96 96 on scams. Hi, PJ. Oh, this happened to me too. Oh, this happened to me too, my friend. Uh, I got a phone call from Amazon saying my subscription of 79 euro was due. If I want to pay, press one. I hung up, checked my Amazon account, and I have no subscriptions due at this time. So be careful to people who get calls from Amazon. I'm also getting loads of texts from Bank of Ireland, but I've no accounts there. I've since blocked the number from my phone. Thanks, says Peter. Yeah, the Amazon one. uh, They, I had the same. That you get a call, and it's from. It's it's automated, but it's saying that your 79 euro fee is overdue and if you don't pay it, you'll lose your service thing about it is I am on Amazon, I have got the Prime TV and I buy stuff on Amazon but I've never given them my home number in fact, I've never given a business my home number in my life in fact, I'd said there's people I'm working with in here for more years than any of them cares, remember they don't have my home number, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So how the hell did Amazon get my home number? 0818 0818-969696. 96
2: 96 96. Can we just talk? The
3: opinion line on Corks ninety six
2: FM with
1: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. Cmig.ie.
2: Corks ninety
3: six FM. I will run through some of the entries for our Board Gosh Energy competition. A little bit later, well, you're, good. you're doing well though, you've got some really good ones in there. Some crackers, but we're going to get the best one uh, before the end of the show and you get a €350, Euro one for all voucher every day this week with Bordgosh Energy. Imagine a better way, give me a headline. There's a story in the paper today that about professional pillow fighting. It is a thing now, with €5,000 for the winner of the bout or the winner of the contest, professional pillow fighting in a boxing ring or a wrestling ring or a MMA octagon, whatever, and you just get it there, batter the hell out of with pillows. Professional pillow fighting. I mean, the world has lost its marbles entirely. But hey, give me a headline, 0818 96 96, 96 or te- text or WhatsApp your headline to 083 96 96. We talked in the past about a very successful programme within Feroigia called Big Brother Big Sister. Rachel O'Sullivan, good morning.
9: Hi PJ, how are you?
3: Good. And the programme is very successful, but you need more men to get involved. Now, I tell, know. Rem, remind <laughs> Remind people again about what Big Brother Big Sister is, because it's a lovely idea. It,
9: it's a fantastic idea, and it is quite strange coming on the radio asking for more men, PJ, but... Look, the problem is, is that the program, it's for both young women and young men. So kind of children aged between 10 and 18, really 10 to 17 to get a year out of the program. We kind of guarantee a year in the program and it's a professionally supervised program. So you work with someone like me, who would be your caseworker from the start of the program to the end. And we professionally screen and train our volunteers to become mentors. And then we find a young person that we think that they're going to work really well with. And we also screen the young people, the parents, and we create a match between them. So then you have a big brother and a little brother. And from the start of the programme to the end of the programme, we're available to them to talk all this way. So it's kind of a three way kind of a little triangle between kind of me the mentor and the young person. Um, and all of the conversations are open. The young person gets that, that there's no secrets between the volunteer and Rachel, you know, and we kind of hold that space continually uh, for the people. And I suppose one of the reasons I reached out to you is that this is not just a Cork problem, it's not an Ireland problem, it's actually a global problem and not just in our program but in schools, in organizations, and it's disproportionately women that we get. So we've got all these young lads on our program who could really do with a mentor, and we have to put them on waiting lists to be matched. So Mm. I can match a young woman very quickly, very easily, but again and again and again, we're finding that these young lads who are reaching out, their moms and dads are reaching out they're like they could really do with a bit of support. They could do with a bit of this, a bit of that. And we just find it very difficult to match them. Yeah. So I was talking to Fergal there at the weekend and I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, ring PJ, <laughs> <laughs> just reach out to the men of Cork because <laughs> I suppose I understand why there's residents. I do get it. We get it.
3: Do, 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 tell me why. It, I mean, if you if obviously you've done you've you've done your research as to why men are a bit more reticent to come forward. Yeah. Why do you think it is?
9: Well, it's not just research. I had a call last week. You know, with with a man, and we were talking about it. And look, put it this way: my son, as you know, I have a, a son who's now going to secondary school next year, but he is having his first male teacher in sixth class. Yeah. He has had no male role models throughout his entire schooling. And I think that there is not just with our program, but in general, men, good men who want to step forward. They're so surrounded by these ideas of toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement and all of these facts and figures that come out that they are hesitant about putting themselves forward. And they also have to overcome the stuff they've been raised with. You know, Mm. men don't connect. Men don't cry. Men have to be tough. Men are self-reliant. Can I freak you out a little bit, PJ? Go on. I was doing some research last night, right? And I didn't expect it to be this dark. And I looked at the suicide rates, you know, in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And I looked at 2019. Okay, so unfortunately, in 2019, we had 390 people take their own lives. PJ, guess how many of them were men?
3: I'd say 80%. Yeah, 300 of them.
9: Yeah. 300 of the 390 were men. And I just think that those values that and look, we, we we do need to tackle domestic abuse. We do need to take the Me Too movement seriously. We're mm-hmm. not undermining that. But it's for the good men out there, the ones who can't kind of, who weren't taught how to connect empathetically. The ones who are in the vast
3: majority, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. The ones who are the vast majority of men are decent, yeah. kind individuals.
9: Hardworking, yeah. Y-
3: and this might be a controversial point. I don't want it to be, but do you think, Rachel, that some yeah. good, decent, honest men who would be brilliant for some of your youngsters
9: yeah.
3: are afraid to come forward?
9: It's not a. It's not a controversial point. I literally two was it two or three days ago. I spent about half an hour on the phone with just a man like that and he was so vulnerable with me and he was so honest and he said I really want to do this he said I've got the time in my life now I think it's an amazing program you know we sent him the information he said I really want to do it he said but I'm nervous and I said just tell me and we just dispelled those fears and how we dispelled those fears his fears were the perceptions you know it's like I'm a man and I'm coming in and I'm I'm going to be what will people think of me? And I'm like, no, that that's not how it's run. And part of the reason that our program is so successful, do you know how long it takes to get on our program? Yeah. It takes a couple of months. We don't just guard vet people. Everyone in Ireland, anyone anywhere has to be guarded to work with young people. That's a given. But we do above and beyond that. PJ, above and beyond. From this minute you start, you have me on the bat phone. I'm not available on Friday and Saturday nights because my children won't let me be. But the rest of the time I'm available and you have my manager's number for when I'm taking my evenings off. And from the start of the program, you are given information. We're very, very straight. Um, you're given training. Um, how to be a mentor, we give you child protection training, how to recognise signs of neglect, it's very in depth, we just done a full weekend of it with beautiful volunteers, and put it this way, we just trained 10 volunteers this weekend 9 of them were women, 1 of them were men, and he was great, I'm mad about him but 1 of them was men The men who turn up on this program are exceptional, okay? Mm -hmm. Exceptional because they understand that ability to nurture. They understand that ability to put those role model values forward for our young lads. And what they give to the young lads is they show them that it's okay to be a strong, capable, protective man and connect and talk about your problems and reach out for support. And if you can get in there, When kids are developing, PJ, between 10 and 17, and you teach a whole generation of young lads that it's okay to be a man, a positive, good man. It's almost like we need a good men movement, isn't it? To kind of counteract it, to teach young lads that it's okay to be a healthy, positive, good man. Mm. And they need that because our young lads are hearing this stuff too growing up, you know, and they're hearing this perception. They look around in their schools. There's no male teachers, hardly. They're in crushes and, um, you know, nurses, disproportionately female. So are we saying that men aren't nurturing? Are we saying that men aren't kind? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it as well is like our program. We sit down with you. We talk to you. We're available at all times. But we professionally supervise it and everything we do, with the, the volunteer, we do with the young person, we do with the parents and that's really reassuring for our volunteers it's really reassuring for our parents mm. because, put it this way, after being in the programme for one year, I can act as a professional reference for my volunteers because I get to know them that well uh-huh. we interview them, we come to their homes it's not just filling in a form it's a very heart based programme mm. and we end up caring about them to be honest and well,
3: it's very very well monitored it's constantly monitored as well isn't it
9: Continually, yeah. And the thing as well is that we have a really strict rule. So how we tell our young people, and some of them are 10 now PJs, you have to use kid language. And we say, imagine now you're in the cinema with Joe, you have to pretend that I'm there as well. So everything that you and Joe talk about, you know that Joe can talk to me about. Do you know, mm. they are trained, our young people are trained from the start to know that Joe or James or whoever can speak to us about anything. And that could be brainstorming ideas as well. It's not all kind of negative stuff. It, it's actually a lot of it is like, you know what, it didn't work so well last time and I wasn't sure what to do and um, what do you think I should try next week. And we're there for that as well. You know, so from a mentorship side and the reason that our program, sure, PJ we're the only program in Ireland that has been professionally studied by an, a university we've actually been studied mm. and we're evidence-based and when I say what my job is and um, when I kind of describe it to people what we're creating through mentorship programs is kindness hope and resilience in young people and you can only learn that from good people and our mentors they just consistently they floor me and this is another side of APJ. PJ. If a guy out there is thinking, I really like the sound of this, and it's so professionally supervised, but I have fears. reach out.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are
1: allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes.
11: And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you
1: talking about, you insane Hollywood
11: ass!"
1: all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part, they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's com slash upgrade.
9: Cork has got one of the most experienced teams in Ireland. We have been doing it for 14 years. It's been run in Ireland for 20 years. The program's is 100 years old and Cork is really good at it. There isn't one of my colleagues or myself who will not take the time to talk you through this, okay. you know, okay. um, and it's there.
3: If anybody yeah. does want to volunteer um, and to come forward and talk to you, at least just talk to you, where can they start?
9: Well, there's different ways. The easiest way, I suppose, you know, would be to go to the website, froga.ie, or you can go to the volunteer centre.ie, the Cork Volunteer Centre. They refer to us as well. Um, and I mean, for, you can give out my email address. That's no problem. If Fergal wants to pass that out to people, it's Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-L dot O'Sullivan at And there's different ways to get involved in the programme. So we have two main types. We have core matches where you meet up in person every week, but you have the option of going online if you need to. And then we have what I do, which is e-mentoring, which is predominantly online. Um, and then you might meet up about once a month. Um, And e-mentoring often works really well with busy lives. And then if you have more availability and you're more of the kind of person that likes to do, you know, a quick around in the park, that would suit you better. So there's different ways of suiting your lifestyle, doing it as well. And we will kind of help you find which way will suit you best. And then we can kind of talk you through. The program is very, very well monitored and supervised, and it's got so many policies and procedures. It's a bit, it can be a bit overwhelming at the start, but It's a very heart based programme and it has a huge, huge impact on young lads coming through. It really does.
3: Okay, Rachel, good luck in attracting more men in as volunteers uh, to the Feroiga Big Brother Big Sister programme, BBBS. Feroiga.ie is their website. Find out more. Or you could email Rachel, uh, Rachel, R A C H A E L, O Sullivan at Faroiga.ie. Okay. Don't be afraid to come forward. It's all very highly trained, very highly monitored. Thank you, Rachel. 0818 96 96 96. Let me look at some of these. These are good. These are coming in now. Pillows at dawn. Pillow knocks stuffing out of opponent. <laughs> Fighter ducks down. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Fighter ducks down in boxing ring. Battle of the featherheads. <laughs> Knock me down with a feather. Knock the stuffing out of each other. No rest. Be the re- be the best. Pillows at the ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feathers will fly. I like that one. I like that one. Feathers will fly. This could lead to concussion. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. This could lead to concussion. Like that one. Knock the stuffing. You snooze, you lose. I like that, too. I like that, too. There's loads of them. 0818 96, 96, 96. Or for those texts or WhatsApps, 083 396 96 96.
2: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for
1: motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
2: Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife
1: on Leaside.
2: Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Hailing from the north side of Cork, James Leonard and Timmy Long
3: are the two Norries. Now their number one podcast, the first of its kind, is coming to Cork Opera House on February 12th for one night only and tickets are on sale from CorkOpperHouse.ie Access All Areas The inimitable Macy Gray comes to Cork this summer with
6: a very special show at Cypress Avenue on June 14th. It's certainly one of the must-see shows this summer and you can get your tickets at CypressAvenue.ie
2: Access All
1: Areas
6: You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at AAA at 96FM.ie
1: Access all areas.
2: Your guide to nightlife on the side.
1: On Quark's 96 FM.
3: I can remember speaking individually to both James Leonard and Timmy Long for the very first time on the opinion line. And speaking to both of them individually, I kind of got the sense that these lads are going to be big. And then they told me that they were doing a podcast. This would have been early, early 2020. And we, we said, "Yeah, brilliant, great! We can have to do a podcast, the Two Naries. It was a lovely idea. It was a, a whole new phenomenon. And now it is one of the biggest podcasts in Ireland. Uh, and they have sold out a tour. And this Saturday, the twelfth of February, they will host the uh, Two Naries Podcast Changing the Conversation Tour." At Cork Opera House, in front of what I think is close to a sold-out audience. There may be some tickets left. And their guest at the Cork show will be none other than Pat Falvey. Pat, good morning.
12: Good morning, PJ. How are you this morning?
3: Good, sir. Pat, you've done a thousand interviews. These guys do it a bit differently, though.
12: That's what I'm afraid of. I think, you know, like if you take Tommy Ternan, Blind Boys, Rubber Bandits, put them all together, then you've got the two Norris, you know, Mm. and uh, they're very unique. And whereas I'm half scared and I'm half excited at the fact of being, you know, uh, in front of them because like I, I take it they'll get stuff out of me like that other people haven't got. But you're right, like, their podcast is absolutely fantastic as it just as it discusses everything, like, from mental health, addiction, recovery, struggle and resilience, and, you know, and, and in the supportive way as well, you know. So, mm. yeah, so if anyone can get out there and get to see them and, you know, as I saying, as I'm a guest there, or like, I think fantastic to give these lads
3: support. Like, mm. like they really come on, like, you know. Mm. it's It's a very... Interesting kind of a podcast, in that almost like when one guy is having a chat with you, the other is thinking and taking something from that conversation to develop it further. Now you you've never you've never shirked from from bearing your soul and and telling us everything, Pat. Do you think they'll get more out of you? <laughs>
12: Well, seemingly they did one with Hall Martin recently, like you know, and, and, and like people, I, I was just watching their Twitter and stuff like that. Seemingly they got a lot more out of him than anyone has ever got before. So, I, yeah, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, what I'm really excited about, I'm excited about the lads. These lads, like, have come yeah. from a, like a terrible background, right? Okay, they could have turned out a way different. Like, it, like it's it's really, you know amazing how they've turned the life from prison drug drug addiction to now becoming one of the top podcasts like in the country and more so than that and I think you know for me as you know like a home like is cork uh, to think like that they're trying this out first in cork in front of like it takes you know real guts to do this like it's 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 not a small theater like it's mm-hmm. the opera house and uh, you know because i could see for most people to do something like that, there's a fear. They've taken it on head on mm. and they're going for it. And the main reason why they're doing this, by the way, is to support other people, to support people like that, you know, through um, their own troubles and to show like that anything can be achieved. And that's what I love about it. Like it's their Everest. They have huge things in front of them. And I just heard you talking about it there. And like, I, yeah, I, I think it's amazing.
3: How do you think we're we're doing Pat, and um, coming out the back end of, of say the pandemic, or hopefully out the back end of it as we think we might be now? I mean, you've talked you you always talk about trying to see the positive in everything, and if you can, if you can think it, then you can do it. If you believe it, you'll do it. If you don't believe it, you won't. Like we dragged ourselves, kicking and screaming through the worst of COVID-19. How do you think we've come out the other side of it or are emerging out the other side?
12: A lot of people are very damaged, you know, a lot of people like, you know, have seen the good in it. Like I'll give you an instance, like people have turned to nature. Mm. People have turned to meditation. People have turned to family. Now, that is actually a positive that has come out of COVID itself. Like, and even for myself, I see a huge positivity, even though like I cringe at the fact that I haven't been two years on my travels but, like, I was here, like, for mum and dad, like, and uh, like, when, uh, like when they died. Yes. And I could have been in some godforsaken place and stuck on top of a mountain, unable to get away for three months. So I think we'd have to take the positives that is there as well as the negatives. But, you know, we're coming to the fact now we can do something about the negatives. We can get up, we can get out, we can get fit. <laughs> in actual fact, we can go to the opera house. We can laugh again, like, you know, mm. instead of crying. We can... You know, do things that we wouldn't have done before. Even go to a restaurant, going Mm. into a pub. You know, like it it is time to embrace.
3: And people are a little nervous about it, and that's okay.
12: It's okay. Do you know what I always say? It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay not to be okay all the time. So, like, yes, it was okay not to be okay, but like now we have to look at the fact. Give ourselves permission that it will be okay to be okay again, and I think you know, with, with with the likes of you know, like even there, I'm so delighted, like to be going to the opera house, right? You know, like I've gone out to one or two gigs here in Killarney recently, and you know, it it lightens the soul and invigorates the fact that yes, we're coming out of this thing. It might be a different world, and it'll probably be different for you know pubs and things like that you know, we, we'll embrace it. Like, you know, as, as a mankind, right, okay, we have an innate resilience. We came through world wars, we came through pandemics before, and we've came out the other side. But the most important thing is to accept the fact if you're not okay, you're not okay. That's the time you should be doing something about it. And, you know, uh, and if you need help, like that's what happened to me when I tried to take my own life through suicide when I was only 30. You know, I turned around like, and I sought help. Mm. And, you know, it's just about making yourself or trying to make yourself positive. And I know it's hard, but, but by hanging around with positive people or listening to positive podcasts or listening to the positivity, because even you look at it there, PJ, like you're a mentor in your own right. You have the, ca- the capacity to influence thousands of people. So we can either do it negatively or we can do it positively. Mm. And by doing it positively, it will send off in energy. Energy is one of the most important things that we have. And if you can energize a person's brain, and I speak all around the world on it, right? Mm. It's amazing the difference that you can make. But accepting the fact that people can be in a stage where they're not okay but it's not okay
3: not to be okay all the time. Yeah, yeah, and to recognize. And it's funny that you say about the influence and those of us who are in, in a privileged position to be influential. And it's something, I remember people used to criticize me. Every so often I would say, remember, remember, this will be over one day. And someone said, stop telling us that. You don't know. Actually, I have to believe it. This will be over someday. And I've been doing that since the very start of the pandemic. And I think myself, that's how pretty much everyone I know who's come through. And I guess a lot of people are very damaged, very damaged. But a lot of people have come through it one day at a time. It will end, for God's sake, it will end.
12: And you know what? I always have the analogy of eating an elephant, like to say, "How do you climb everest? how how do you stay going, right? And this is life in itself. Life is a mountain, like there's narrow ridges that you can fall off of, and sometimes you fall off and you can get back up again. But you know, the pandemic to me is like an elephant. The elephant is huge. It was out ahead of us. We don't know when it's going to end, but we can eat the elephant by taking it out a bite at a time. Mm. And this is another bite, like, you know, life is opening up again. It's just get back on the horse and start riding. Uh, You know, there's a great quote from Muhammad Ali about success, the success in life. And it's about your attitude and things like that. He said, like, it's not about the amount of times that we fail and fall that makes people success. It's the amount of time that we get back up and keep going and don't quit. And I think for everybody, and this is what what, what I love about the podcast with the lads, you know, because I, like, they were down here with me, like they're mm. just so positive. Like they've come through such crap, you know, mm. in life. And they're having people on, like, and if anyone listening to the podcast and if they don't, please do, like, you know, but I've seen, like, you know, like I've cried over some of the, facts like that would have come out there like you, some of them you end up laughing some of them you end up actually being inspired by and I think this is the time for it like it's a time like to to take on board and get up and do something and so and, if, and the other thing is I was recommend to people you know I was saying down here and, and remember lots of people do have to take pills but if it's a case you're on the margin like it's like take a walk not a pill right Mm -hmm. sometimes getting out in the air you know in uh, like enacting like the oxygen in the brain cells and being in nature is one of the greatest thing and the other thing is to be grateful for what we have you know like i Mm -hmm. i I, I could definitely complain about my life and my business went crap you know everything had failed i haven't had a, a foreign trip like in two years but you know i have to be so grateful like i'm here in ireland Mm-hmm. Like, I have family, I have, you know, I'm able to get out. And as the saying goes, as you said there, this will end. And I know it will end. I'm 65, like, so it's like if it'll end for me, it'll end for everybody else as well. And mm-hmm. if they and if they feel bad about it, ask for help.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how are you doing yourself, Pat? I know it was tough. Both mom and dad went within short succession of each other. You know, there were some of the... Two
12: of the most amazing parents, like, they taught me everything I know. They taught me about resilience. They taught me about happiness. You know, like they taught me about the currency of happiness, that it's about, you know, ensuring that we go through life and see the positive side of it because we have only one life. Like, they're a great loss, not alone to me, but to my brothers, to my sisters, to my grandchildren, you know, great-grandchildren. But they remembered, like, we, we see the bright side of them. We know that dad went after mom because he wouldn't go before her. And we know if there is a heaven and I'm an agnostic. So my mother says I'm a cowardly Catholic and that I'll turn back to Catholicism, <laughs> you know, when it's a case that I'm about to be taken. And then I would say, oh, God, please forgive me. Like, you know, I know you're up there and like, I take me up. So and, and when she was dying, she says to me, son, I'll be waiting for you. And if you're going to hell, she said, "I'll stick down my hand and I'll pull you up." So I know, Mom and Dad up there, like you know, are well, <laughs> are looking down. It is it's a looking
3: down. Funny Pat, Watch that little clip of video you did with the lads down in, in in your house. And I tell you something: as you get that little bit older, my friend, you get so much more like Tim. You're the bop of him. You're the absolute. serious. Bop.
12: Well, well you know that's bop. that is the best compliment. PJ, that you could pay to me. Well, there you go. The because awesome. I, I, I adored my dad so much. He was such a gentleman. You know, sometimes I feel I was ruthless. And, you know, as, as you know, like I was part of published in my time. But as I get older, I'm more maturing into my dad and my mom, I think. So mm. I, I thank you for
3: that. Yeah, you're, more than, you're, more, like you're, I, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Yeah. And we'll, t- we'll talk again sometime soon, Pat. Pat Falvey, he'll be the guest of the two Naries at the Opera House. On Saturday night, on their uh, Changing the Conversation tour, Google the Opera House website, there should be, should be some tickets left, that looks like a good show. In our third and final hour today, we're talking about friendship, quite a lot about friendship, and I want you to think about something for me. Who is your best friend, and how long do you know them? Doesn't matter who it is, or what, how you met them, was it through work, or whatever, who is your best friend? And how long have you been, friends? All right. That's for the last hour today. Have a think about that. 0818 96 96, 96. And keep your entries coming for our competition with Board Gosh Energy, giving you a €350 one-for-all voucher every day today for a headline. And today's headline is about professional pillow fighting. I kid you not. Professional pillow fighting. It's a thing. Five grand for the winter. Give us a headline. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now that time of the year I'd never do any of your old dry January nonsense. I never do. I think January is long and dark and dreary enough to to to, to drag yourself through it without that hanging over you. But coming into February is a time when you want to start doing a bit of clean up right. There's a kind of a spring clean, with spring starting in March and the days getting longer and getting a bit warmer. You, you kind of want to, you know, freshen up and detox and cleanse them up a little bit. Uh, Jen Anderson-O'Callaghan. Jen, good morning to you.
13: Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good.
3: There are things you can do for your body and mind over this couple of weeks to get yourself ready for spring.
13: Absolutely, PJ. I think as, exactly as you said, January isn't the time to be starting and doing this. And it's still quite cold in our bodies Um, And I think coming into February and thinking it's spring and the evenings are getting longer and you just feel that you want to start doing a bit more for yourself. uh, And it's really looking at kind of, I suppose, minimizing the, the foods and maybe some products that are going into your body that are hindering us. And then adding a lot of foods that will actually help us. Mm. Uh, You know, sometimes when you kind of look at yourself and you feel, oh, I've got that spring in my step and my skin is glowing and my hair and my eyes, you can feel and see a little sparkle um when you're eating certain foods and doing certain things Mm. um and i think you know we're coming out of a lot of things at the moment and the you know the country's opened up and we want to get out there and we really want to start feeling good in ourselves again as well because we know when we eat the you know the bad foods or the poor foods that we feel sluggish sluggish and we can't think straight and we do have a bit of brain fog and your mood can be low i mean Mm. it completely affects um, our mind and our body and and how we feel. So it's really looking at things, you know, we call it like a cleanse or a detox, but you know, our bodies are fantastic and our liver detoxifies everything for us. Hmm. But it's again, what can we do to help? Yeah,
3: I was just going to come in there because nutritionists and dietitians will jump up and down and say, you don't need detox diets. Your body is its own detox machine. Exactly. But someone like mm-hmm. you said, well, actually, yeah, that is absolutely true. Our kidneys, our liver, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Our skin alone, but we mm-hmm. can help those things to function.
13: Uh, that's, that's exactly it. So, you know, because in the liver, like we have enzymes and processes to help break down the toxins. But there are also foods and nutrients that help the liver to do this.
3: So, what kind of things so, can we bring into our diet in the month of February to prepare us for spring, as it were? So,
13: yeah, so to prepare us, we can bring in things like so the cruciferous vegetables are fantastic to help these detoxification enzymes. So, these are things like our broccoli, our cauliflower, cabbage. Brussels sprouts, kale, bok choy, um, turnips. So all these, exactly, the greens. And that's why you'd see these green juices and people are thinking, oh God, I can't have them. But you know, like we're we're Irish. We love our cabbage and Mm. we, you know, Broccoli's in, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale is a fantastic veg. You know, we get our calcium or vitamin K Mm. as well from our kale, but it's also great for hormones and hormone balancing. So I think sometimes when we think about food, PJ, we think that it's you know to fuel us, and it is, but it does so many functions in our body as well for us to perform at our best. And I think that's what we need to start thinking a little bit more about. In how does this actually help me? You know, what's going to make me eat that kale <laughs> instead of something that I prefer mm. um, but One uh, thing for I, example in
3: my house like, and I don't know why because we all love it myself, myself and, the, and the missus both love the humble Brussels sprout but still you only eat it maybe once a year we should eat an awful lot more right. Brussels sprouts
13: we should, we should, you know, we should try. Again, it's kind of because of Christmas and Brussels sprouts and tradition, but we can be eating Brussels sprouts throughout the year. Um, but, you know, and it is, again, I think it's a mental thing for us and a mental block, but um, it's definitely something to bring in. Other foods as well um, that are great. Of course, you know, we have the, if you think about the nettles and the herbs and the, and the spices um, and nettles are fantastic and nutrient dense and you can get nettle teas as well. But the bitter vegetables, things that stimulate our liver and our gallbladder, things like dandelions um, and rocket veg as well. Mm. So, you know, all these are really helping us lemons and limes. So stimulating our digestive juices Mm. um, and helping our liver and vitamin C coming in. Fiber rich foods like flax seeds and whole grains, all these foods and vegetables that will help remove the toxins. Because, you know, if we're not removing them or we're not you know if we're constipated that can be an issue because we're not eliminating properly so like fiber is so important to help that process work and make sure you know and of course water um loads of water coming in and sometimes and i find it myself on colder days it's hard to get the water in So I'll just add stuff. I'll warm the water up, you know, have lemon in it or mint leaves or do some of the herbal teas Mm. and still get plenty of the hydration in uh, as well. Drink it at room Um,
3: temperature. There's this notion about having to chill water. I don't know why people do it. I love drink water at room temperature. Jen, before I let you go, you have an online event.
13: Yes, so we have um, uh, actually Aisling Cambridge and myself there on Saturday. We have a, a detox webinar for two hours there on Saturday coming up. So again, it's just exploring this and giving people more information on what they can do. So um, they can contact uh, myself or Ashling on that.
3: Okay, and it's on com, And there is, a, there is a cost involved, but uh, but people can find that out when they go to check it out. Jen Anderson O'Callaghan, thank you. 0818 96. 96 96. I don't understand the, the idea to have water freezing Drink it at room temperature Then you don't need to warm it up But that's just me maybe
2: Can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With
1: McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person or call them now They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk C-M-I-G dot I-E are live and we're ready to talk can we just talk? call 0818 96, 96, 96
2: text or whatsapp 083 396 96 96.
1: email opinion at 96fm ie
2: the opinion line with PJ Coogan
1: on Cork's 96 FM
3: hey, tomorrow is safer internet day and our friends at Trend Micro have a Zoom webinar for kids and families this evening at half past seven. We'll also be an Irish Sign Language interpreter taking part in that Zoom call. You'll find the Internet Safety Night for Parents link. It's on the Trend Micro website, trendmicro.com. That's on this evening with tomorrow being Safer Internet Day. I assume they'll record it as well and make it available. 0818... 96 96 96 on restrictions and schools etc etc. Caroline asks with all of the restrictions now lifted or most of them anyway, why are our children still sitting in classrooms wearing masks with the windows open and so cold? How can they expect children to concentrate in those conditions? One of my kids was crying because she didn't want to go to school because she was going to be cold and doing my best to try to keep them warm in school with a hot lunch and thermal underwear. Yeah, it's rough on the kids still sitting in the rooms, school rooms with the windows open because it ain't exactly warm yet. It is it is tough on them. It is tough. 0818 96 96 96. Speaking about the cold in from the cold, Remember we were talking to Killian O'Sullivan on Friday uh, the Ballon Lockman, who is one of the stars of the great Netflix show, I have a couple of episodes left to watch. It, it just gets madder and madder as you go through it, but it is great. It's a really good show, and I was watching a couple of episodes Friday night, and he is like front and center. He's one of the main characters. His his um, his character, Chelsea or Chosey, is one of the main. <laughs> Every time he's like, no man is from Balen Lock," like, and he's a CIA man. He's the most believable CIA man you've ever met. I've ever seen. Totally believable. <laughs> it's such a laugh watching it. But that's a by the by. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety six. Keep your headlines coming for our competition. We'll draw our winner at about five to twelve. Now, the last time I spoke to this man on the opinion line it's quite a few years ago, actually. They were just starting I think I think he was preparing to leave Ireland, to leave Cork and head for the UK to set up home over there. And we had a chat and we had an argument or two and his many, many followers from around the world, some of them loved me, some of them hated me for it. And they went off and they continued to do what they did. I speak, of course, of the Saccone Jolies, who are now uh, U, U, UK-based. They have been for a number of years. They're four kids now. But Jonathan has written his own book, um Jonathan before I, before I get to the book all my friends are invisible are the daily videos still happening or have you changed the whole Ciccone Jolie output good morning
11: good morning um yeah we we don't do youtube anymore um we we evolved past that yeah um, but i do remember our conversation all those years ago yeah and it was an
3: inter- it was an interesting chat it did evolve you you do it's a, a lot of tiktok stuff now and just did you just move with the platforms or what was that
11: i think we always had a plan you know uh we we've been saying for years that you know we knew that it's fine when like you know when we had a small family a young family you know we were just like film and it was cute you know but once the children you know started getting older we always said that you know, we'll reach a point, I don't know what that point is, but we will reach a point where we will probably have to stop, you know. And hey, it, it was hard, obviously, you know, to walk away from that business because we could have kept doing it for another 10, 15 years. And a lot of people do it today. But you have to remember that when we started it, we were like, you know, we started, you know, the whole idea of social media. It wasn't it wasn't what it is today. Mm. You know, we weren't influencers or you know, what you will see in the media or how, you know, extroverted, uh, content creators are today. We were introverted people who just, you know, we were, we wanted to stay away from people and just make videos, mm. you know, and, um, you know, we never saw how big this was going to get, you know, and I think that's, you know, the book starts in 2016 where I had this massive panic attack. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, From the time when I started making YouTube videos, up until that point there, this pressure because I was putting on, you know, um, a, a personality, a projection of a personality that I felt is what was needed to be. Sure. And you know, and that personality just got very, very famous. And with fame comes a lot of pressure. It it all.
3: And it's interesting. I watched one of the videos on your Insta this morning about that, describing that particular panic attack, which is where the the book starts. And it's an interesting point that you make there. So there was a personality that you, and I'm sure Anna, did the same. There was a personality that you did became for the videos and for the the platforms and then there was the real Jonathan and the book is about the real Jonathan who seems to be or have been a troubled little boy.
11: Well yeah um, you know the, the book is a story about a lost child who had a lot of mental health problems and unfortunately for him he was born in 1980 in Dublin you know and there was no support for people like me you know and I considered ending my life. You know, and I still remember, it's in the book, you know, that conversation I had with my mother. And she still remembers today. She said it was terrifying that her seven-year-old child was saying these things to her. You know, and I think that's something we don't, we don't give credit to. Like a minute ago, you are talking about the kids being cold in school, you know. And the whole idea of how I ended up writing this, because I sat there in 2020 with my four children who were so happy and such bright lights. And then we all went into isolation and they just fell apart. You know, and there there was no school, there was no help, there was nothing, we were just left alone with our children to survive this isolation period. And, you know, my son was struggling with his identity. And the only thing I knew how to do was to tell him what I was like as a child. And then I started to remember what I was like and I started to try and try to do what I could. You know, I'm not a professional, I'm not a doctor, I'm just his dad. And I tried to help. And then while I was putting out that fire, fixing that child, I turned around and my other child is falling apart. you know um to depression and anxiety and she was just terrified about everything and she wasn't sleeping and everything was just falling apart and i thought oh my goodness i need to save my kids you know and that's kind of when we finished um youtube and then i just spent time trying to um, trying to help my kids try and save my kids and, and, and i did mm-hmm. you know i you know they're all happy now and then i kind of during that process they would ask me like well how come you're not the way you say you are. How come you're telling us these stories, but you're not that person today? And then I sort of thought, maybe I should find out why that is. And then I started writing this book. I didn't know where it was gonna go. I didn't know what was gonna happen. And then funny how I have a lot of emotional trauma. I didn't have a lot of physical you know, um, trauma when I was younger. Obviously I was bullied in school a lot and that was quite physical, but it, I didn't hold on to that. That doesn't upset me, but mm. the emotional trauma stayed with me. Um, And then when I started to tap into those emotions, it started to, you know, bring the memories back. And all of a sudden I was this little boy again, feeling everything, you know, and I thought, oh, my goodness. And that's what the book is. It's not I'm not going to tell you what you're supposed to do or, you know, I'm just going to tell you my story, you Mm -hmm. know, because I think you and all your listeners, everybody knows somebody today who's just a little bit lost, you know, you know you want to help them and, and they may be your child or your partner or a friend or and you and you want to help them but you can't because everything you say to them just triggers them and upsets them even further and they go mm-hmm. further away so we just we end up tiptoeing around them and hoping that somehow they'll just i don't know come around themselves mm-hmm. and and a lot of the messages I've, I've got from people who've read the book have said you know because you're just a stranger to us you're telling us a story and suddenly you're saying the things that we're thinking, and now we feel a little bit less alone.
3: Hmm. St- start by telling me about Dom D. Now, I think every, I, we all, I mean, we've all had our own kids, and some of them have had imaginary friends. And I'm sure pretty much any parent listening to me either, you know, their kids had, or they may have had themselves, or they know someone had an imaginary friend. Oh, Benny has to come to the party. Benny is a figment of the child's imagination. But they're quite happy if if Benny is there. Benny, they're they're happy. Domdi, was that your kind of a little place that you went in your head to get away from the pressures of the world?
11: Yeah, I don't want I don't want to dismiss it. That's why I called the book "All My Friends Are Invisible," not imaginary. Yeah, you know because I, you know, you said like you said a minute ago. You know, it's it sounds very dismissive. It sounds really like pandering to a child and their imaginary friend, but. If I didn't have my invisible friends, I I wouldn't be here, you know. Mm. So you say like, are they are they just this coping mechanism, like a soft toy? I, I don't know what they are, but you know, Domdi created, you know, Domdi was a respite for me, you know, somewhere where I could just leave, I could just go there, and I could just have a break from the world, and I could just take time away from everybody and just contemplate what was happening because I didn't understand, you know, I I was this boy. You know, and I was living in a time where I had to just man up and, you know, um, it was just so masculinity and toxic and, and yet on the inside, I was a girl, I wanted to be a girl, you know, and I wanted to express myself and all my friends were girls and I wanted to wear my sister's clothes and, you know, and it's just, I didn't know what to do and I didn't, and I didn't know what the voices were in my head and, you know, it was all very confusing for me, but I had to, um. I had to figure it all out for myself, mm. you know, and that was the hard part. So, you know, I, I encourage my children to create relationships with invisible. You know, I encourage them to um, talk to people, talk to the invisible because there's no harm in it. Yeah. You know, there's like, you know, you, you'll you find that you can have a conversation and they can be rational, you know, and they say, oh. You know, when when people that we've lost in our family, I say keep talking to them, you know, because they'll give you advice and they'll talk to you, and it's healing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's healing, you know. But we um, you know, media and um, you know, movies and stuff kind of tell us like, oh, it's all bad, you know, it's it's you know what I mean, it's crazy. And yeah, maybe if I wrote this book twenty years ago, um, I would be locked up <laughs> for saying the things that I said in the I'm book. Not sure. You know, but
3: I'm not sure about that, Jonathan. I think, do you know? as i said and okay you call it invisible some people call it imaginary but we said friend, friends that the rest of us cannot see okay mm. and 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 the friend is is very important to you or is very important to the little 7 year old that whose mom is listening to us now that friend is very important to them is very real to them and what you're saying is treasure that
11: yeah you know let the kid have that because you we you know in, in I think it takes, you know, I'm 42 years old now, you know, I, I couldn't have written this book in any other time in my life. I needed to have four children to know what that's like. You know, I'm not, you know, if you read the book, like I'm not angry at my parents mm. at all. I mm. feel more, I am a parent now. I see it from their point of view. I understand that my mom and my dad had um a lot of problems in their marriage, but, you know, they weren't, it was illegal to get divorced back then. And I was this child, <laughs> These mental health problems, and all they wanted me to do was fit in. That's mm-hmm. all they wanted me to do. Is Jonathan, you won't be a target if you fit in. And I just didn't know how to do that. And I was mm-hmm. so just so self-destructive. And mm-hmm. the only thing I knew that worked for me was to go to Domdi and to have these invisible relationships. And you know, it's funny with the book, because my siblings have all read it now, and they've said to me, "Oh my goodness, like I didn't know who Florence was." We told there was a running joke in my house where Florence was my brain. Because I'd always be caught talking to her, or Domdi was a lamp in my bedroom. Because I'd always be caught, and I would make up a reason why I'm talking about these things. Because it it feels like a shame, and I carried that shame throughout my whole life. The shame I remember, you know, um, again, if you read the book, you know, I remember my little collection of girls' clothes that I'd hide under my bed mm. because I felt perverted and I felt ashamed of myself, you know. And people today would say, "Oh, did you?" Well, oh, so you were a crossdresser, and I'm like, "Well, oh, that seems so derogatory. Like I'm just a person." And I don't. I choose not to label myself. I choose not to. You know, mm. I have a wife. I've got four children. Mm. You know, but I choose to dress myself more. Adri- uh, you know, adroitly. I feel more non-binary as a person. I don't. I just don't identify as anything. And I just prefer just to be, you know, unlabeled.
3: Right. So the, the the one term was sometimes they used to say gender fluid, that that today. Mm. Today I want to wear jeans and a sweater. Tomorrow I want to wear I want to wear a dress and and whatever. But um, I
11: wouldn't say that I'm gender fluid. I would say that I'm just genderless. Okay, okay, okay. You know, because I don't I don't wake up in the morning and think I want to. Wear, I don't want to wear a dress. I don't wear dresses, and I don't want to wear a dress. Hmm. But I don't wear jeans and jumpers because I don't want to wear jeans and jumpers. So I had to curate my own style of clothing, which is kind of defined as androgynous, which is just. A non-binary aspect of clothing it, it doesn't have a gender right you know because i just choose not to because but then that's fine in 2022 for us to have this conversation but you know 30 years ago oh yeah this conversation wasn't happening yeah. and i just felt that everything was my fault and i felt my parents relationship was my fault because every time they would argue you know the kids become you know, an outlet for that they mm. they become more of an irritant <laughs> mm.
3: tell me about when eduardo um, said to you that he wanted to wear a dress
11: going to school. Eduardo never really said he wanted to wear a dress. You know, he he's just always been like that since he was born. And it was, and you know, he goes to the stage when your son who wants to dress as a princess all the time and only play with girls' toys, and it was cute. You know, because he had an older sister, and it was it was kind of cute. And I would say to Anna sometimes, be like, oh, I, I was like that. Like it's fine, you know. And then. Then, you know, what would happen is that he would come home from school and all his at home school, um, like his uh, clothes at home were all his sister's clothes because he only wanted to wear those clothes. But then he would get up in the morning and he would put on these trousers and a shirt and a jumper. And he he started he started having this like identity because he was like, wait, why am I two people? How come at home I get to be what I want to be? But then when I leave the house, I have to pretend to be something I'm not. Mm-hmm. And um. And I felt like, you know what, no, you shouldn't, you know? Mm.
3: And how, how, like, you did, because there's videos there about it, you, you did kind of say to him, look, you could, get, you could get bullied about this. And what did he say?
11: Uh, there's no videos where I said you could get bullied. There is TikToks where he expressed that he yes. was getting picked Right. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, and I would say, well, that's not, that's not your fault. Mm, you know, um and that's also probably not the fault of the children that are saying the thing either. Mm. You know, because why why are the children saying those things? No, they're not. You know, it's other it's parents or it's other people's opinions, you know, mm. or it's just society as a whole putting in this negative idea. Like my daughter does not choose to express herself in a feminine way, you know. Um, but no one cares. It's completely fine. Mm. Because Eduardo chooses to express himself in a feminine way, it's ooh now this is a problem, Mm. you know, but it was, it was a, it was a battle, you know, I took a lot of, I took a lot of heat, you know, for what I was doing. Um, and people may, you know, would say the most outrageous things to me, you know, but I, I I know, I know my children and I will do whatever I can to make my children happy. Mm. Mm.
3: I asked you this question before and I'm going to ask it again, Jonathan, and I ask this kind of man to man, dad to dad kind of thing, even though I'm a bit older than my kids are in their 20s now. If at some point, do you ever worry whether the the, the kids will, when they're older, say,
11: Dad, what were you thinking with all these videos? (laughs) It's, you know, it's an easy question to answer, like when your children are 40, you know, like I remember when we were on last time that your daughter actually messaged me, you know, afterwards, is you sure. know, and she was she was she was annoyed at what you had said, That's you right. know. But then we can't can't we? We're parents, okay. My my children will have a problem with something I have done, Like they will, mm. you know. I don't know what that is, but if it comes down to the worst thing that we have done is shared part of their life on the internet, which has, you know, allowed us to you know, have, you know, like build a business and, you know, like if I were to continue the career that I had before I accidentally became YouTube famous, I um I would never see my children. You know, I I have a degree in interactive media. I was working as an animator. I would have um, continued to do that for 80 to a hundred hours a week. And I would just, I would not be in their life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's hard to know. It's impossible to know. You know, I have a nine-year-old now you know, when I started YouTube, I had no children. That's right. And that's, that's a challenge. I I am learning all the time. And I'm like, Whoa, and you know, she's probably one that's the least in any of our content, because it's tough being a nine year old. And then a pandemic on top of that makes it more difficult. You know, Mm. I, as a parent, I don't know what's around the corner. But I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. You know, and if that means that you know, people hate me for, and people love me. What, you know, what I what I chose to do for a living is that, you know, I was broke, I, I hadn't, you know what I mean? I'm dyslexic, I have ADHD, I have a lot of mental health problems. I, I fa- all my careers fell apart. Every job I got, I tried, I got fired. I I can't, I you know, I can't live in the same frequency as a lot of people. And then I started making YouTube videos and all of a sudden, I was able to make a business and and employ people and, mm-hmm. and grow a business and, mm-hmm. and, and survive in this world. So, you know, I, I think my children understand, you know, but again, I I, I can't, you know. You can't predict. You, you no, got, in fairness, you can. Exactly.
3: You, 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 you can't predict. Children. And you'll, re, you'll, you'll react in, in your own way if and, if and when it happens. And I think at the time I may not have understood that. I do get it now when my kids are older and have grown up. You started to write a children's book. You've ended up with an adult bestseller. I think you're doing all right, yeah. Jonathan.
11: I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Who oh, you knows? Yeah.
3: You know. You take care. And uh, best of no. all the kids and Tana. All My Friends Are Invisible is the book. Uh, Jonathan Jolie. It's a whole different side to the man that we would never have seen before. Uh, 0818 96 96
4: 96. Can we just
2: talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group.
1: Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
2: We've got thousands.
1: Thousands.
10: And
2: thousands. Thousands. And thousands of euro to give away.
1: This
2: Thursday at 12.30. On Cork's
3: 96FM. If you're wondering what this next big giveaway is... (laughs) Can't tell you yet. Can't tell you yet. Half 12 on Thursday. Simon will have all of the details, but it's big news. Thousands and thousands of euro to give away... Simon will have all the details half past 12 Thursday. Tell everybody, tell the family and make sure they're all listening when he reveals the next big giveaway on Cork's 96 event. Thursday, half past 12, make a date, don't be late. Thousands and thousands of euro involved. 0818 96 96 96. D said, I had an imaginary friend called Charlene. I think because I felt no one really listened to me. I I would talk for Ireland, but nobody would listen. So Charlene became my friend and I would talk to her. I'm wondering actually how many listeners now would admit to having had an imaginary friend. I don't ever think I did, but I I know lots of my friends would have had and lots of, I've often come across people who say, oh, he won't go nowhere without Benny. Now, Benny, we've never seen Benny. We don't know who Benny is. He won't go nowhere without Benny. won't go the door without Benny. Won't go to bed without Benny. Won't go to the toilet without Benny. But Benny is, Jonathan would say, Benny's just invisible, not imaginary. Anyone have that in their life? Or in their kids' lives? 0818, 96, 96, 96. And we're thinking about friendship. Continue to think about friendship. I was asking you earlier on, who is your best friend? Do you have a best friend? And how long are they in your life? And how do you recognise that that is your best friend? Would you have two or three that rate up there, that rank up there as best friends? Or is there one in particular to whom you'd always go? And then are there those that you should probably watch a bit? That you've been around them for years and you've got a good solid friendship and that you consider them important. But are there red flags in that friendship that perhaps you should think about reconsidering where it's going? Anna Lehan is a life coach. Anna, we've talked before. Good morning.
14: Morning, PJ. How are you?
3: Good. I think if we were very honest with ourselves, we've all got one or two friends that we'd be probably better off distanced from. So how can we spot them?
14: Yes. Yeah, no, you're dead right there. Um, And I think, uh, first of all, I think a lot of that comes with age, you know, that you you kind of grow up and you get to know yourself and you realize actually this person isn't really a good person for me to be around. But that's not always the case. Um, I think, you know, you can often have friends that you feel drained or worse about yourself when you come away from them. Mm. So noticing that Uh, friends who you can't maybe be yourself around or you can't have an opinion, you can't disagree with them, again, another red flag. If there's an imbalance, PJ, you know, if you feel like it's always about them, it's always their problems, and then as soon as you bring up something about you, it's kind of, yeah, 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 but back to me, you know, again, Mm. like that's they're not the type of people that that we need in our lives. People who are always gossiping. I often think about people who are always gossiping about everybody that isn't there. You know, the chances are when you're not there, they're very possibly gossiping about you as well. So I always say to people, you know, to use your feelings as feedback. Notice how you feel before you meet a person. Are you apprehensive? Are you kind of a little bit, you know, are you dreading it? Notice how you feel when you're with them. Are you uncomfortable? Notice if you feel drained or exhausted afterwards. You know, your feelings are really powerful, so listen to them. They'll tell you a lot about what's <laughs> going
3: I have a bit of a, a, a motto in life, and that is that a friend will tell you what you want to hear. A great friend will tell you what you need to hear whether you like it or not, if a person is a really close friend of yours, you should be able to say, now, you're not going to like this, but you need to hear it.
14: Yeah. But it's having that sensitivity as well, you know, if you can say to someone, look, I know you're not going to like this, but I think you need to hear it. I think that's great, you know, because you're You're being mindful of them and you're saying, I don't think you're going to like this. But it's people who will put you down and make you feel small and won't think twice about it. They're the people you need to watch out for. Yeah,
3: if you're the bottom You know, and you mentioned. And and the humour's only going one Exactly.
14: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned there a minute ago, PJ, at the start, you know, if you have a history with someone and someone's in your life for a long time, that doesn't mean they need to stay in your life. Just because there's a history there doesn't mean that there has to be a future there. If that person isn't good for you and that person makes you feel worse about yourself, then I think a conversation needs to be had with that person. History doesn't mean, you know, that they have to stick around forever.
3: History brings a kind of a false loyalty, doesn't it?
14: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just because you've put years... It's like people in relationships. It's not just friendships, you know. You know, you've been with someone for 10 years. You you can't break up with them now. Or, you know, the marriage, you're, you're 15 years deep or whatever that doesn't mean that you can't end it or you can't go in a different direction. History really doesn't mean a whole lot unless it's like a solid history. And things can change as well, you know. Incidents can happen and you might see a different side to somebody. And then it's very hard to go back to that original relationship because, you know, things have changed. You've seen a new side to them. So, you know, you kind of need to accept that as well and accept it for what it is now and forget about what's happened over the last 10, 15 years or whatever it might be, you know.
3: Mm. And if you realise, Anna, that a friendship, is probably best not to continue with it.
1: Mm.
3: Is there any easy way to do it? You can't just ghost the person, can you?
14: No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't just ghost the person. Um, I think out of respect, uh, a conversation needs to be had with that person. Now, the first thing I would often say to people as well is try and have a conversation with someone neutral first, not the actual individual. So be it a professional or family member who's kind of you know disconnected from the the friend say you know somebody neutral that doesn't have a, an opinion about what the other person say just to kind of air out what is going on for you and for you to kind of I suppose make sense of it in your head first Ruta- but then I ne- would
3: neutrality say, in the human condition is very rare.
14: Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you can pay someone to be neutral that doesn't know you are the friend, I think I think that's probably the best situation you can find yourself in. But um, but yeah, having the conversation with the individual then I think is key. I don't think, like you said, ghosting them is, um, is fair, especially if there's history there. Well, regardless of history, to be honest, it's, it's just not a nice thing to do. It leaves the other person wondering, I think having a conversation, but Having a conversation that doesn't go in and say, you know, you're not going in blindsiding them, number one. So give them, you know, a bit of warning saying, I'd love to meet up, I'd love to, you know, tease out a couple of things about our friendship that are bothering me. And then don't go in and say, you know, oh, you do this and you do this, and it makes me feel this. You know, go in with, well, I actually feel a little bit like this when you behave like that. You know, so you're you're not blaming them, you're opening up the conversation and you're giving them a chance to explain why they might behave in a certain way you know give give them a chance and try and set some boundaries try and say okay well i actually really don't appreciate this and i'd love if we could talk a little bit more about me or whatever it might be Mm. give them a chance yeah and then if it doesn't work out (laughs) then yes i absolutely think distance yourself Mm. accept that it's over allow yourself to grieve that it's over you know and because it's just like any relationship you know you will be you will feel sad and there will be lovely memories that you are going to miss but you know on the overall I suppose if you're better off without that person then I think you do need to just accept it and move on.
3: Yeah. The, the thing about it it all being about them like mm. <laughs> there's a very there's a very sort of a sledgehammer way of doing it um, in that you start talking about yourself in the middle of a conversation which is about two people mm. and yeah. you, you've barely gotten into where you were going and they start twisting it by, and you're sort of it's yeah. back to me and yeah that, yeah yeah. it's like happened. I
14: caught my finger oh well mine's actually falling off
3: <laughs> you know we yeah. all know those people someone did that to me one time and I realised oh booger shut up and listen to that yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. back to me yeah and we, we, we yeah that's it never went any further it only had mm. to be done once
14: yeah no no completely yeah
3: you know <laughs> Yeah, it's, no,
14: they're they're out there. All right. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think noticing them and, you know, distancing yourself from that kind of those kind of people, I think, you know, yeah, you they're not going to do you any good. And, you know, you're also setting up that expectation if you're always going to listen and you're always going to be there for them. Well, then they're mm. always going to expect that.
3: Mm. Which is better, do you think, Anna? Uh, dozens of sort of friends or two or three great friends?
14: I would say two or three great friends. I think growing up uh, and I remember particularly in my early 20s, it was almost like I have so many friends and, you know, you've this big group of like 20 or 30 people that you go on holidays with and you think it's fantastic. Mm. But as I've gotten older, I've definitely realised actually that that that's not really that's not what I need in my life. I need a couple of solid people that I can rely on and that you don't have to talk to every day. And, you know, you can go a month without properly talking to them, but mm. then you meet them when you're with them for two, three hours. You know, they're the kind of friendships you need, not people who say, oh, you haven't got on to me, you know, in days. Is there something going on? You know, this kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Where-
3: or, or the people who may live on the other side of the world and you might only see them two or three times a year. And when you do, it's like that conversation is back to where it started again.
14: Mm. Exactly, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. so no, a couple of really good friends, I think. We, is we all don't
3: even these. have to remind ourselves even where we were, do you know?
14: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. no, completely, completely,
3: oh. so. So for anybody, finally, Anna, who is sort of listening to this conversation and going, do you know what, mm. I'm a bit uncomfortable with Mary or Tony or Shani, what do I do? Where, yeah. how do, what do I do?
14: I think it depends on how close you are. I think if it's a really close friendship or if it's a friendship that has years of history or it's intertwined with other friendships, then I would say go speak to somebody and try figure it out. But if it's somebody that you're not that terribly close to, maybe have a quick conversation with them and distance yourself. Or if it's, to be honest, if it's an acquaintance that you're not really that close to at all, just start to distance yourself. Okay. You know, it just depends on how close you are to the, to the person. All right. but yeah I would say if you're very very close get help speak to somebody speak to a counsellor you know there's plenty of low-cost counselling out there and it doesn't have to be you know people think oh no I don't need to go to counselling it's not that big a problem you know you can go to a counsellor with anything and speak about these issues because if it's taking up mental clutter in your head or mental space then you know it, it does need to be addressed and if it is something that's upsetting you I think go talk to somebody.
3: Fair point all right Anna thank you Anna Leigh she's life coach about uh, the red flags in a friendship. And you know those friendships, you've been friends with someone since forever. And there's always been a kind of a, oh, he's at it again. But you don't have to accept that. And you can bring it up and chat. I wish you wouldn't do that. And if a, a real friend will say, well, okay, I never realised it bothered you. We won't do it anymore. 0818 96 96 96. Some more of your competition entries in our, our headline competition. We asked you to come up. Dream, Yeah, Dream Snatchers has come up a couple of times. Uh, Mortal Slumber. Oh, I like that. Mortal Kombat. Yes, I like that. Pillows at Dawn. Fighter Ducks Down. Yeah, the Ducks Down one is coming up a lot. Knocking the stuffing out of each other. I'm just flicking up and down through the pages. I'll puck the stuffing out of you. Pillow Talk is over fighting for feathers yeah some of them you see when you say a headline the headline is supposed to be really short so keep it kind of short some of them are writing a bit of a story but it's good Uh, MMA the fun way I'm gonna fluff you up (laughs) nice one Lucy featherweight disqualified for fouling I love it snoozer or bruiser oh I love that one I love that one we'll pick a winner soon we have pages and pages and pages of them did you download, I told you to do this at the weekend, did you download our app yet onto your smartphone or onto your tablet for the Cork's 96FM app to get the full range of all we do? There's not just, you can listen to the radio, of course you can, but you can listen to the Hitmix and the Fitmix and the Premier League and all of the podcasts. We put up a bunch of podcasts every day from The Opinion, I put the whole show up, you get that in the middle of the afternoon, but there's three or four different pieces of the show go up every day as a podcast extra. All the podcasts from The Opinion Line and other shows on the radio station go on the app so you can find them very easy on the app. And if you subscribe and you have the app, they get updated every day. Also, of course, you can call us up on your smart speaker. Any one of them. Doesn't matter whether it's Alexa or anyone. You can call us up on your smart speaker. Just ask it to play. Corks ninety six FM and Bob's your uncle. Joe, discovered something over Christmas and I'd never tried it before, but someone said it to me here on the programme to do it with the old Christmas tree, right? That every couple of days, maybe every three or four days over the Christmas, I opened a can of seven up and let it go flat on the dresser or on the counter. And then I poured it into the base of the Christmas tree because apparently the Christmas trees like it. It turned out when I went to dump my Christmas tree, it was as lively and as flexible as the day came into the house. So clearly it must have been doing something. What about plants that are actually alive other than a, a Christmas tree you've had cut down and brought into the house? Can you actually put things like 7-Up or cold tea or cold coffee or anything into a plant? Like, you you know the way you always that cup in the morning and there's half that cup of coffee that goes cold because you're running out the door. Do you put it down the sink or is there a pot plant that would benefit from it? Laura O'Sullivan, manager of Prickly Plants Cork. Hello, oh, she's not there, Fee. I don't think. We try, but uh, yeah, I did I put this into the into the Christmas tree over over there. Oh, there she is. Okay, Laura, hiya.
7: Hi, sorry, we oh, got disconnected. Not
3: at all. All good. All good. So, is there something like that? You know the other way we've, we've all kind of done is you wander out, you get two slugs out of a mug of tea in the morning, and you run out to work. There it is, cold on on the worktop, and rather than throw it down the sink, could you put it into a house plant, for example?
7: you know this is actually something that we get asked so often inside in the shop like when customers come into us you know because in theory it is a great idea however there is some truth to it but there also are some like cautions that I would say to, to use when you're doing that so the first thing is if you have black tea or black coffee I mean I can't say no be my guest uh, but look we're all Irish so you know Irish tea Irish coffee we're going to be adding milk and we're going to be adding sugar and um, the sugar unfortunately will prevent the plant from absorbing a nutrient called nitrogen so it will actually lock up that nutrient so it actually isn't going to let the plant absorb it Um, so unfortunately the same kind of goes for milk you're really increasing the chance of number one kind of sour milk smell coming from your plant Um, and you're actually opening your plant up to getting like bacterial infections and things like that from the milk going off in the pot so alternatively what I recommend to people is you know we're all trying to find ways to reduce reuse recycle at home right the best thing to do is actually take those tea bags take those coffee grounds and add them in and start making up your own compost from home. They are so full of nutrients for your plants. They're an amazing source of um, nutrients for them. So by putting them into the compost, you're making the best feed that your plant can possibly have.
3: Right, so they've used the pods, you know, the coffee machine pods. Take Take the top off and scrape the coffee into the compost.
7: 100 percent, absolutely and actually if i I know for myself using at home uh nespresso pods that's actually what they do is they they when you send them back when you recycle them and you send them back they actually reuse those coffee grounds for things like that um so it is a great option if you're at home that you can just take those coffee grounds and um put them into your compost which is a fantastic idea
3: Anything, anything that around the house that you can actually use and pop into I, I said there. Now I know. I know it was with a Christmas tree that was already cut down, but it kept it going yes. right through the holidays. I put a, a can of flat seven up into the base of it every couple every couple of days, and the sugar, the sugar kept it going. What about sugar in, in ordinary plants?
7: So I probably wouldn't recommend sugar. So like i was saying to you about it, locking up the nitrogen, mm. it made you a little bit more harm than good. Right. Um, but one that I have heard of, now I haven't used it myself, but it does make a lot of sense, is um, banana peels. So actually almost making your own banana tea from home. Mm. So if you have, we we'll say like an old jam jar or something, pop in just some water out of the tap and sit your banana peels into that water for I think it's about 48 hours nice. Um. after the 48 hours throughout the, the banana peel into your compost bin so we will get more mm. <laughs> more nutrients out of it that way and use that banana like almost a banana tea to um, water your plants and it's full of potassium which is great for your plants cool. as well um, now right across the board if, if I was to recommend like the best way to to give your plants nutrients it's a good organic um compost, so making up a nice compost, maybe repotting your plants every like eighteen months to two years, mm. um, with a good rich compost, it's going to be the best way to kind of slowly fertilize your plants. Right. Um, or using a totally organic um fertilizer, like we stock one in our store. It's a seaweed fertilizer, okay. so it's made from like sustainably sourced seaweed, and it's just amazing to see the growth out of your plants. So okay. we one hundred percent recommend fertilizing, um. And it's just picking the right one that
3: works for you, really. Definitely making your own compost. You know, maybe as we get into the growing season and the planting season, Laura, we might we might chat a bit longer about it some more, about how to make your own uh, easy pot, pot um uh, compost for the back garden and just to have it and put it into the plants and the pots and stuff. We'll do that some other day. Laura O'Sullivan, uh, manager of Prickly Plants Cork. Good to talk to you. Once again. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We will chat one other day about planting and composting. It's of interest to people, trust me. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We had hundreds of these. We'd great fun and we're doing it every day this week. Lucy Cronin. Hello, is she there?
6: Uh, I am. Yeah.
3: Hello and y'all. How are you? Okay. What did you come up with for our professional pillow fighters?
6: I'm going to fluff
3: you up. I'm going to fluff you up. I like that. I like that. I have a 350 euro one for all voucher for you. Brilliant.
4: Thanks, William.
3: All right. Thanks to our friends at Bord Gáis Energy. Cheers, Lucy. First win winner of the week. We have one every day. With Bord Gáis Energy, their team of professional service engineers using 19 separate checks to ensure your boiler is running safely and efficiently. And they've appointments available in Cork right now. See BordGaisEnergy.ie forward slash services with board gosh energy imagine a better way and we do it every day this week the program edited by fiona corcoran produced and researched by fergal barry see you tomorrow just after nine
4: can we just talk?
3: the
2: opinion line on corks 96 fm with mccarthy insurance group
1: call them now for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie